had you back. If I had you back, I wouldn't have did all that. What's good, y'all? Yes, I'm still playing since this album. I'm going to be playing it for a while. It's like when Drake dropped Her Laws and it became the number one album for my year in my rap, and the year wasn't even done. And he just dropped it. What, November 4th? Same, same energy. I'm gonna be playing this until next year. We'll see. But it's it's really good. It's really good. Yo, I haven't seen a SZA and Summer collab in a minute. I know he was on the last Summer album, obviously, but I like that. That um, This song and that song goes really good together, is what I'm trying to say. Which I forgot the name of it. It's, called, it's on um, Still Over It. It's called No Love, I believe. It's also 6 a.m., 6.38 a.m. where I'm at right now. Happy Sunday. Hopefully, you guys are having a great day. Great start to your day. We're going to get to the topic in a minute, but I'm just listening to this song. Obviously, like I just need to get in the studio ASAP. Like, mm. I wanna did all that. I wanna did just how you wanted to play it. You didn't see my words, so you tried to play me, but I was so in love. Okay, okay. Well, Summer says a R&B girls living their best life. At least for us, the music is great. I'm enjoying it. I don't know about if they're living their best life because. The songs are sad. They're tragic. So I don't know about that. But good music nonetheless. Let's hop into 19 Keys and Bill Carson, Billy Carson, talking about upgrading DNA, epigenetics. Um, I've talked about epigenetics before on my channel. If you haven't seen that video, go check it out on Tati's World's channel, the, the main channel. Um, yeah, epigenetics is important. I feel like we need to realize that our ancestors and honoring our ancestors is important, honoring the fact that they they really sacrifice a lot for us to be alive today. And so I feel like we just don't honor them enough and a lot of other cultures do. And they're not shamed for it. Like they're not shamed for making, they're just not shamed for it. They're not shamed for, for um, just paying homage to the people that came before them and allow them to be breathing air right now, okay? That's just one thing. Then we're talking about astral travel 
they haven't gotten to it yet. I'm I'm skipping through because I was starting watching it earlier this morning and I was like, why am I not just reacting to this live? Like, why am I just keeping this here to myself? And I do see that you guys enjoy me reacting to the 19 keys um, and just having my commentary. There's a lot to talk about here. I'm really intrigued by the human brain. I wanted to get a psychology minor. I'm trying to pursue that. We'll see if that if that happens. But in the long run, I might come back for neuroscience in a mass for a master's in neuroscience. Maybe, maybe. I'm really intrigued by the brain. The brain itself as a machine is pretty intriguing. So let's hop right in to what Keys has to say and, and what Billy has to say. Yeah, we're a human being on this planet Earth, right? Some people consider themselves to be rare because they make a certain amount of money, right? There's other people who are rare just based on the way that they think, the way that they observe, the way that they intake information, output, input, the way that they neurons are engaged and wired. There are different types of human beings on this planet Earth. That's an example when he was saying different types of human beings and the way we're neurologically like, um, what do you call it? Our, ma our makeup neurologically is not the same. We are not the same being walking around. We are not, our bodies are entirely different and we all have neurological differences. So like there's people that are neurodivergent. If you don't know what neurodivergent is, look it up. We have ADHD. There's people on the spectrum. There's people that have um you know, autism and they're on the spectrum. There's there's plenty of different ways your brain can operate in different bodies. And that's just what's, that's just what it is. And I feel like the more we, the more knowledge we have about it in our, in our, <laughs> I was going to say our, the ways in which our brains can operate, which is really crazy. Like when you think about it, let me just get back to what he's saying. Billy Carson. <laughs> you understand me? There's, there's people who talk about aliens and then there's people who are aliens. <laughs> That's my brother Billy Carson. You understand me? You know, for real, I admire people's minds, right? So when I talk to any man or woman, I'm listening to the way that they think and the way that they process information. Because as we talked about it before, the input of the average person is very low. They don't think for self and they don't know what to think. You go into a myriad of different subjects that are complex, right? That are, I would consider to be the art of the education than the thesis that are indoctrinated to the average human being. Right? Not the things that's taught in school, right? And you make things that are seemingly uncool, very cool, right? But some of the things that I hear you talking about, and I'm talking, listening to the science of it, man, I said that's key, and I think that if the average person knew these methods and they had this knowledge, then they can start unlocking some of those secrets within self. Right. You know, the number 19 keys come from a quote by Master Art Muhammad. He was the one who taught Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad was the one who raised the nation of Islam. Right. Elijah Muhammad was one of the first people in the 1930s to even talk about UFOs, spaceships, to give Facts. a very accurate and measurement breakdown on what that was. Mm -hmm. After that, there was a program that was started to start tracking UFOs, right? And the crazy thing about it is nobody ever challenged him on it. Yep. The government never tried to call him crazy for that. Yep. But you would think that that would be easy, low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. But they understood because they learned from it. Mm -hmm. See, a lot of the things that we think are crazy within our community, they sit back there, learn, absorb, and observe. Mm -hmm. They analyze that data, and then mm -hmm. they execute based on that. And they use it against so, us in so many different ways. Like, that, And everyone will know, sit there and be like, wait, this is bad for the black culture. And oh, no, 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 but the white people are going to use I'm just saying, I don't know. You guys need to know. People, right? Black people need to know more about themselves and their culture. That's just what it is. That is somewhere within slavery, right? If you are American descendant of slaves, then that then you know that slavery, chattel slavery specifically, is in your bloodline. There's also things in your bloodline like being a warrior, mm -hmm. right? Being a king, being a chief, being a scientist. Yeah. We all want to be related to the people in ancient Kemet, but everybody wasn't building pyramids, right? <laughs> right? Even if they was, they were just workers, right? Right. But I want to talk about epigenetics a little bit, mm -hmm. and how do we as a people? Because there's a lot of distrust, there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of jealousy, there's a lot of envy, there's a lot of these different things. 
there's for equal of every one of those things, there's creativity, there's imagination, there's invention, there's innovation at the same time. But how do we get to a place where we can start upgrading our DNA so we yeah. can start rewriting the sequences of how we think? Yeah. Man, this is a great topic, first of all, because this is what we need. You know what I'm saying? I don't like wasting time. And I just wanted to pause there because he said rewrite in rewriting your DNA. And I feel like as we know epigenetics to be, and if you don't know what epigenetics is, is, like I said, there's a reference, check it out, go understand it, Google it. It's, it's, you know, I'll just explain it. It's basically when um, trauma or just cases of in, instances in your ancestors' lives, like you, what happened to your great, 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 great grandmother is still hindering you now today because maybe she had a back pain and like it just kept going like hereditarily like you know what I mean like that just kept going down the line like certain things people get cancers like that's an, another example like the, you can get um what do you call it you can have certain they talk about it they talk about it epigenetics and everything but like I think they explain it better than I can right now but I forgot why I paused <laughs> so let's keep going when I speak words when I put information out I want it to serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. And this conversation is serving a purpose. Oh, yeah, yes, you sir. can change your Absolutely. DNA. Absolutely. And so when we're talking about DNA, first of all, let's head. understand a little bit about the DNA. Hopefully DNA is a storage it. medium, meaning it stores information in data. volumes. Okay? Literally so and data. Scientist, a scientist named George like, Church actually took Double helix. a digital ebook nice. and encoded the digital zeros and ones into CTAGs, like, which are me, I can't the DNA reading format. Like and then he downloaded that book onto DNA. Just then he says, hmm, this is interesting, DNA can store digital data. Then he took the book from the DNA and he, he uploaded it back, put it in a little device, converted the CTAs and Gs back into zeros and ones, put it back on the server. He said, oh, this has upload and download. It can send and receive information. And then he said, let me replicate my book. Let me see how much I can fit on one gram of DNA. Mm. He replicated the book 70 billion times. Mm. A full book with images and photos and data and, and words and paragraphs. He replicated it 70 billion times and put it, one gram is a drop, one little tiny drop in DNA. And he said, wow, now they're sending and receiving information from DNA via wireless information, Wi-Fi. Mm. So now they know they can transmit data, convert it, and drop it on DNA. So what they found during these studies and the most recent studies with DNA now is that a human body stores about 13.5 billion years of data. Mm. How old is the universe? Well, Astrophysicists estimate a universe, the universe is about 13.5 billion years old. So we're talking about in each one of our bodies, our atoms are storing information since the beginning of time. And if you could put it all together like a puzzle, you can read everywhere every atom in your body has ever been. And you can create a story from the beginning of time until this very current. Well, if like, if, I don't know, this is a thought, right? This is a random thought. If the earth is 13.5 billion and then our atoms and our DNA is 13.5 billion, and then we're all like, what is it, 8 billion people now walking around? I'm not going to count all that shit, but I feel like the Earth just gave birth to little Earths at that point because it just developed, I don't know, human sentient beings. I don't know. We grew from the freaking ground and then I don't fucking know. Man. If you believe in evolution, that is an idea. If you believe in reincarnation, that is also an idea. Um, there's a lot of ideas to how we started off here. I don't know. Now there's like 8 billion little worlds walking around. Everybody living their own world perspective. At this point, at this point, we was bored. The earth was bored and wanted to have fun and wanted to have friends and companions and build all this stuff. It was bored. Mm. 
Talk to him, man. Talk heavy. Because the Earth talk is a living heavy, being, and we don't even talk to the Earth talk like it's a living yeah, being. Talk, it's like, yeah. it's weird to talk to the Earth. Like, hey, what's up, Mother Nature? Like, you could, it's a sentient being. If we're sentient, the plants are also very sentient as well. Meaning, so the Earth is also very sentient as well. But we don't ever speak to it. We don't ground ourselves. Not I do, but many people don't. Like, I want all of you all to just, you know, feel your body right now, right? Like, from your blood, the DNA that exists within it, right? Everybody has, like you said, downloaded files. Some of those files can make you more prone to addiction. Right. Some of those files can make you a better fighter. Some will make you a better thinker, right? Everybody here has something within their body that they may want to overwrite, mm -hmm. right? They may not like the way that the information is encoded within them, yeah. right? So if a person wanted to start from saying that, okay, well, I don't like the fact that I'm a hater. Mm -hmm. I want to be more like Billy and Keys. <laughs> exactly. How can they go about rewriting the hater DNA? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. So now let's take it to the next step. They found out that in your RNA, which is part of your genetic makeup in the DNA, it actually transmits, now they found 15 to 20 generations of past ancestry lives, mm. memories, mm. actual memories are in your body. Mm. So 15 to 20 years of your ancestors. So for, for me, if I have an ancestry of slaves, all the whoopings, the beatings, uh, all the buck fighting, yeah. all the teaching of in, you know, infighting, you know, I gotta be better than this guy because I want oh, this guy works in the house and he's with the house and I'm outside in the field and now I hate him and all that kind of stuff. All those traumas, there's a lot more trauma passed down they found through the RNA into the next generation mm then non-trauma. So something tri trauma triggers something that then can pass down the bloodline to other people. So we have in us situations that make you feel like you may want to feel like you're depressed. You want to feel suicidal. And you're like, why am I feeling like this? I got a great life. You might be so, uh, completely envious and jealous all the time and can't figure out a way to break out of that. Okay, you might be a person that could have an addictive personality and you can't figure out why that's happening. Okay, and a lot of this stems from epigenetics. The study was done over 20 years ago on epigenetics. And the scientists and the doctors that were working on it were laughed at, they were scoffed. They were like, you know, this is bull, this is baloney. And now, all of a sudden, bring it to the current era, it's being taught in universities now. Right. And this is real, real peer-reviewed science. They it's can funny, trace right? and track it back. I say it's funny. And what they found was something very interesting. It's if a ironic. person wants to begin to heal... Because people from... I think, they, obviously, they were ahead of their time. They, they knew epigenetics or they, they studied it. And no, no one believed them. And then years later, now it's being credited as something you can study in universities. You know what I'm saying? So it's like some people can be ahead of their time. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mention what I think is ahead of their time because people will think it's controversial. So I'm just gonna be quiet. But study the NASA studies the stars, right? He, they take pictures of it. Y'all be liking it. How about y'all really study them though? Really study how, like. Not even the patterns and the degrees, like study the math behind the placements of the stars. Not just, oh wow, that's a pretty, pretty explosion up in the sky. Yeah. Themselves, because this is again, what we were talking about earlier. As above, so below. Becoming your own savior. You are your own savior. Close you your eyes. To talk to yourself. What do you mm. see? Like, come on. That's how it's done. Come on, talk to them. So you're talking to yourself. So for example, they found out that by saying, positive affirmations pertaining to what you're trying to reverse in your positive life vibration. three times a day Damn for 21 days begins the process of rewriting the DNA. That's the beginning process. Mm -hmm. This scientific experiment has been replicated now dozens of times all around the world and they know that now we have the power within our own selves through cymatic frequencies which are the sounds that come out of your vocal cords. Mm -hmm. When you speak you're not really uh, you think that you're speaking a language. You say, oh, I, I said this and I said that. What's really happening is you're undulating 
vibrational waves, and Deep on those down. vibrational waves there are frequencies. Just sound. Those frequencies travel across Deep atmosphere down. or gases, and then are picked up by the cochlea in your ear or somebody else's ear, and then the brain deciphers the information. But those frequencies that we utter out of our vocal cord it have power the over the ether or space-time itself. This is what they don't want you to know. When you speak, you actually are creating an alternate reality. And you can do that to yourself. No, that's key. I was listening to a neuroscientist that was explaining, you know, what happens even when we're reading, yeah. right? When we're reading, our vocal cords are still active. Mm -hmm. So we're still having that vibrational frequency, <laughs> right? So even when you're thinking negative thoughts, you're putting out vibrational frequencies, I believe. Yeah. Now, you know, so that means that at all times throughout reality, because everybody has a particular sphere, a particular aura about themselves, right? If you ever looked at curly in photography, then you know that we are electrical beings, and it is beyond the human. This eye is what I was talking about last exist, right? podcast. Now, some people have higher with um, Kamikaze when I was mentioning the electromagnetic field. Yeah, we all have an electromagnetic field. Like, in order to interact with everything around us, we'd all have like it's just simple. It's not even just I was say simple math, but it's just simple science, like. That's just how atoms work. Like, there's gonna be negatives and, and, and positives, and that's how they're attracting to each other and magnetizing to each other. I don't know. He talks about it. He's better at explaining that. I'm not a scientist to the point where I can like be a teacher. I didn't ask to be a professor, but I do wanna express, I wanna try to express the knowledge that I have and what I know better in the future. I'm learning, and I feel like by practicing out loud, especially no one's here anyways. So if I'm just practicing out loud, I might as well just try, you know? I don't know how to explain it. I forgot the part. I forgot the dang actual. I'm drawing at the same time, so this is, like, a lot. But anyways, keep losing a train of thought. But neuroscience, atoms, oh, yeah, electromagnetic field, auras. Um, yeah, if there's colors around you in a freaking picture, you're gonna sit here and be like, oh yeah, that's just random. Like that doesn't make no sense. That just makes it's a spectrum of light. There's a spectrum of light around you that you don't see, that you can't see with your with your, with your light, with your eyes. That we all know this. Your eyes can't see every color, and my eyes and your eyes don't even see the same color the same. So that's just an example. But like in life, we not live in the same life. People just gotta realize this is why the conversations are gonna be started. This is why we are here to spark the conversation because we need to. Realize that we are all living different perspectives and they are not identical. Meaning, literally, even identical twins don't have the same footprint, fingerprint. We all are living totally different realities. That means there's 8 billion realities. And then between those 8 billion, there's obviously zillions and trillions and quadruple, you know, all words to, to the infinite possibilities of those individual realities. So it's like it goes on forever than others but the key to that is the same way when you walk into a room and you can change the atmosphere is because you actually bring atmospheric conditions with you right and so you know one of the key things that i do everywhere i go is i make sure that i set the atmosphere i'm not changed by it mm -hmm. right the same way a planet has moons and it has things that orbit it right. you have that same energy around you yeah. right and it is always orbiting and it's always mm -hmm. within a force so for me, I know for some rooms, I have to increase that force. Right. And it happens a lot with self-talk, right? You walk in a room before I go, I'm a god, right? I can Absolutely. do whatever I want. That increases that light force. Yeah. So now when I walk in that room, the I'm projecting the, the frequency the party, as a non-verbal language, but people feel that about me, right? right? That's so like now I'm communicating with their energy Make as sure I walk you have in the room. Because That's 80 an example, communication like, is non-verbal. It's yeah, not what better you one. say, it's mostly about what you feel, right? So when we meet people, we just get a feeling about them. Or we get a feeling about them that we do. Because they are communicating through their DNA, they're communicating through their cells. Everybody vibrates at a certain frequency and a certain pace. 
the people that we're at that same vibration, they gel with us. Yeah. That's easy. But they got a different vibration, whether it's lower or whether it's higher, it can bring yours down to that medium. Correct. So either you have to have the power to be in rooms that are of higher vibrational magnitude, mm -hmm. or you have to have the ability to amplify the room's vibration so that it doesn't bring yours down. Exactly. That's powerful stuff. Now, let me back him up. I went to MIT. I took a class on applied neuroscience. My professor was Dr. Tara Swart. Now, in that class, we learned that when you are sitting next to someone within 15, 8 to 15 feet max, some people's field can go out as much as 20 feet. Mm, 19. There you go, 19. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so right now, sitting next to Keys, our fields are interacting right now. Now, what's interesting is my bioelectric field and his bioelectric field are combining. My hormones that are in my body, which are right now on a high frequency, are, are connecting with his, and I'm downloading his into my actual... What do they say? Say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, or like, show me your friends, I can show you who you are type energy. Like, whoever you're around, the more you're around them, the more they rub up, they rub off on you. The more their actions, the way they, you know, it just rubs off on you. So, watch who you hang out with. Watch the vibe, catch the vibe, read the room, read the energy. Avatar, and he's downloading my energy and my frequency from my hormones into his avatar. Now imagine you're in a room full of people that's stressed out, worried, uh, panicking. They just got done watching all the, all the stuff on TV about they about to shut the planet down again and all this kind of crazy stuff, right? And so their cortisol is spiking. Yeah. People who watch the news all day long, they're, they're living in a super cortisol nonstop. Yeah. They're addicted to the cortisol spike. Now when you get next to them, if you're not powerful enough, if you're not speaking to yourself, speaking power on your life, they're going to enter into your body and that cortisol is going to drain you. It's going to make you now rise, raise your cortisol and now you feel worse than they do. That's a fact. No, that, that's powerful because everything that we're talking about is light communication. Yeah. Right? Same way if you go out in the morning at certain um, daylight hours, early when you wake up, it starts to train your circadian rhythm. Right. Right? So you got the super chiasmatic nucleus. Mm -hmm. I know some good words too. <laughs> I'm talking about. So light enters and it's training your body and letting it know what time of the day is, what's going on. Yeah. Now most of us don't realize that we should have been in those psychology classes more. This is why I should have like, this is. I mean, I don't deserve the minor. I, I, I mean, I deserve it, but I don't. I need one more class. I have 17 credits. I need one more credit to make it the minor. I don't want to take another psychology class right now. I have five classes next semester. That's mad extra. You know what I'm saying? But if I just like brush up on it, I'm probably sure it's just. It's in my brain somewhere, you know. It was just cool to have him say that. It's just like learning about the brain is, learning about the brain and just the functions of it is really intriguing. And just how it works, where everything, it does it, but we still don't know what it does. It's, it's just, official yeah. time. And never right? Because we're operating on calendar research. systems and we talked about this before, Tomorrow. but we didn't really go super in depth with Knowledge. it. Now, the reason I find this to be important because I've been deep on rhythms and cycles right now, mm -hmm. right? And vibrations. And so being able to understand the fact that when your light that is literally communicating to me, we have ultraviolet light that's on the other side of the spectrum in which the eye can see, mm -hmm. but everything vibrates a particular light, right? Right. So when you go into a crowd like this, and the reason that people like the sage, matter of fact, I got some sage in the back if you can give me some. Yeah. The, the, the reason that people like the sage is because when you have high intense energy in a room, it fills up with these ions, yeah. right? These ions are now charged up the room negatively, right? So you have to clear out that energy with that smoke. 
right? So they was mad at Kyrie Irving for bringing smoke on the, on the field. Yeah. But he was clearing out that energy. If you're right. in the household and you're fighting with your spouse and you're putting that sage in, mm -hmm. but then that's why people like open up the doors, let it out. Right. So this is not something that's fake. This is something that's been scientifically proven, mm -hmm. right? So people don't just do these things to look fun or things of that nature. It's actually a science based on making your temple, right? right? We have inner temples, we have outer temples. Mm -hmm. If you have a woman, I always talked about this. Women should have them plants, they mm -hmm. should have that sage, they should yeah. have them crystals, yeah. you understand me? They should know how to create a home in a temple, yeah. right? Same thing with fellas as well, but specifically because the women provide that nurturing energy, it means mm -hmm. that she's in tune with that feminine self, because yeah. that outer representation is an inner representation. Yeah. So as we go in, in different places, uh, the ability to change the environment is key. Mm -hmm. Being that we are water, we can become negatively programmed yeah. with that field. So if you're around somebody, like you said, we're combining energy, right. you can walk away with my negative energy. Correct. You understand me? And a person like, damn, why are you acting like that? Because you're just around somebody who's acting like that. That's right. So you start to take on the rhythm of the vibration. Yeah. This is what happened with binaural beats as well. Mm -hmm. Binaural beats, if you are in a heightened state, right? And if you listen to something that's considered to be like theta waves, yeah. it said that your body will start to imitate the frequency, will start bringing you down into a lower, relaxed state of thinking. Yeah. Right? So being able to understand frequency and vibration and light is at the key fundamental elements of understanding reality. Absolutely. You hit it right on the head, man. Your, your body is resonating. Everything is resonating at a specific frequency. The reason why I can sit in this chair is not because my body is solid and the chair is solid and I'm stopping myself from falling through the chair. The reason why I can sit in this chair is because this chair the atoms in this chair are resonating at a specific subatomic frequency, and the atoms in my body and even in my clothes are also resonating at a different subatomic frequency. And so what we're looking at is repulsion. You never actually touch anything, you repel it. That's a fact. Everything is repelled, you don't actually touch anything. Matter of fact, atoms are 99.999% empty space, and so the only thing stopping my hand from moving through this chair without touching anything and passing it right through is that repulsion. But if I could phase shift the atomic frequency of my hand to match the subatomic frequency of the atoms in this chair, I would pass my hand straight through it. Like I said in my video one time, there's 8 billion people on Earth, and because we're all mostly empty space, if I were to take all the empty space out of every human avatar body, I can fit all 8 billion people into one sugar cube. Mm. We're not even here. Mm. So more into the brain training, right? Yeah. So with the CIA tapes that they released at the Gateway tapes, right, mm -hmm. where they was doing all of these testing on the human brain and mind. And, you know, with the hemisync, it was basically taking two different frequencies, one in the left, one in the right. And instead of like hypnosis, where it's putting one side essentially to sleep so that it can train in that other side, because we know that the left brain, that's logic, that's reasoning, right? Yeah. That's calculation, it's pattern recognition. Where the right is to see how it's creativity and imagination and a multitude of different right. things. But the left brain essentially tells the right brain what to do, mm -hmm. right? So when it gives its suggestion, it basically has no barriers to fight it. It just right. receives it. So meaning that you can program logical things into your imagination with mm -hmm. full acceptance. Yep. So that left brain becomes that barrier for you to just take in any information. Mm -hmm. But now when you're listening to music, what's happening? You're bobbing your head, yeah. right? You are in a state of agreeance, mm -hmm. right? You are relaxed. That left brain is falling asleep. Yep. And now that right brain is there to just receive suggestions. Mm -hmm. Right now, I wanted to talk about the hemisync because, you know, I've been training my own brain and I've been listening to these binaural beats. And I believe that everybody should do this, right? You, you find yourself in a heightened sense of, you know, anxiety or stress or depression, listen to nothing but binaural beats and allow yourself to be in a state of relaxation, right? right? Now, that theta wave is the second to being the deepest part of sleep. Because even when we sleep, we go through different cycles, right? right? From heightened, right, to a very lower unconscious state of sleep where we are on the deepest and where we just resting. And even if somebody was making noise, you wouldn't be able to hear them. Right. So then we have the states where we go towards closer to lucid dreaming. And lucid dreaming normally happens when you're actually about to wake, yeah. not in your deeper parts of sleep, because you're closer to consciousness, mm -hmm. right, awakened states. So as we exist in this reality, 
we're always dreaming. We right. either have dreams where we have them by ourselves, or we have dreams where we have collective dreams with everybody else, mm -hmm. right? I was saying, well, I wasn't saying this. I, I didn't say it out loud or I didn't write it this morning, but I was thinking like, if I don't dream, if I'm like sleeping when I do sleep, cause I don't really, I rest, you know, I get enough sleep, you know, I think, I think I'm healthy. You know, I take a lot of naps throughout the day. And then I like wake up and like do work. Like, I think I went to sleep at nine o'clock earlier. And then I wake up, woke up at like two this morning and I was like, I'm fully rested for some reason. Maybe it wasn't like that much of a nap, but like throughout the day I take naps. Okay. It just adds up. Okay. Anyways, that being said, through the naps, I used to dream a lot. Right. But now recently I just haven't been dreaming that much. I'm thinking maybe what if we're just living our dream in the daytime, you know what I mean? And then when I sleep, it's just a, it's really I'm just resting my body. Like I'm really not I'm not there for the processing of the subconscious or I just don't remember it. Like sometimes you just don't remember it, you know? Um, but like he said, we're living in a collective dream, a collective consciousness, a collective example of things that we all collectively believe is true. Like we all said your whatever you're listening to, if this is a phone or a laptop, we all said that is a laptop. That is an iPhone. We all agree to it. So that means that, that that's what it is in this physical reality. You know what I mean? In this physical reality, in this society, that's what that instrument that you're using is. The thing about the collective dream is that we are all our own nomads and our frequencies are fighting everybody else's frequencies. Right. So you don't have the ability to explicitly just to control reality the same way you can in your self-dreaming states. Mm -hmm. Now your mind is fighting against my mind, yeah. right? For control over reality and what's real and what's not real. Yeah. Reality essentially is just this collection of ideas that we believe or we don't believe. Mm -hmm. And perception is skewed based on what we believe. Right. So, but I wanted to know some of your take on the HemiSync files, mm -hmm. right, that the CIA was doing. Yeah. Because they basically were telling the world after they released them in the 90s, right, that, you know, consciousness is real. Mm -hmm. And that having psychic intuitive abilities I'm is real. And conscious, consciousness is right. real. You didn't know you were alive and you can think for yourself. Consciousness. And you don't even know where the thoughts are coming Come on, bro. And then, like, yes, this research has been done, but no one does the research upon this after that. Like, you can look up the CIA file. Like, look it up. Yeah, they have these files that release this information. This is really powerful stuff because what they discovered, a couple things. The first thing they discovered is everyone has extrasensory capabilities. Yeah. Extrasensory power, really telekinesis, uh, psychic ability, you know, the ability to actually move things with your mind. That All that stuff is actually a normal part of the human avatar body. The junk DNA, the disconnected DNA is not really junk. That's part of the thing that has held us back from tapping into some, some of those original talents and skills and those sensory perceptions that we already had. They also discovered something where they actually, through the same testing of this, to, to, before they came up with this document, was they took two people. They took one person and put them in one room, put another person in another room. The person in one room uh, was blindfolded. The other person was looking at a game screen, a video game screen. It was a very simple game like Pong or something. Now, they were able to sync the minds between the two people and the person that was just looking at the screen was able to think of the movements that they needed to make. The other person was blindfolded and had the controller and was remote control, remote control of the other person's hand. Mm. So we know the power of, they know, understood the power of, of, of mind linking, mind suggestion, the capability that minds are outside of space and time, but minds can also sync together to help create a specific type of reality. Right. This is powerful stuff. Right. They also understood that they can also lure you into a, through free. I feel like that's an example of well minds can come together and like do something right like i feel like you have movements black panther movement i was also thinking about church like just being in that church or being in a temple or wherever you do worship 
it's a sense of an energy you have with that community that you feel better. I don't know, something about that sense of energy, that that community or, you know, camaraderie, whatever it is that you have people to fall on, I guess. I don't know, just that energy of faith in those rooms, you can feel it. Frequencies through the media, mm -hmm. they can transmit subliminal frequencies, and at the same time they're doing that, they can make suggestions to the other side of your brain. And now your brain is taking it all in, and now they've just programmed you. That's why I call it programming. Right. And now they got robots, us, walking around, and they have these keywords and these triggers that they use in different marketing things and in different signs and in different buildings and movies, and they, just, they do experiments on us to trigger us to see what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, if the programming took, and which group of people the programming took to the best and didn't. Uh, so this is pretty crazy stuff. Now, speaking of that, right, we, 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 I was watching a study, you know, one of them is that there's this wild theory on the internet that the internet is dead, right, and then there's another that shows that how, you know, if you go look at most of the text on these companies, they have become simplified, right, over time and over time, and part of the reason this typography has become simplified is because the computers are making it, right, that whether we realize it or not, that most of our reality is now computer generated, right, so the creativity and the imagination and the color is becoming less and less because the computer looks at things from a quantitative data standpoint. Yo, did you at, just you know, see those art? He's just talking about how the computer is trying to take the artificial. Did you see the thing that everybody's posting on their stories or their Instagram? Um, what do you call it? What's the word? Their cover, whatever, you know, like, you know, profile picture, whatever. That, like, they all put in that artificial intelligence painting of theirs on there. I also would like to warn you about those, like, C whatever those things, whatever those badges are where you add like your photo to a bunch of other photos, you're feeding an algorithm. You're creating a place where they are learning you and all of your photos are not owned by you. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with all this information. They're already, it's CCTVs everywhere. I don't know what to tell y'all. I'm part of it. It is what it is. I think at this point, if you're an avatar in this reality, in this matrix, you kind of have to play the game. And fuck it, if your your face is going to be your face for the rest of your life, if you got to use your face, use it well. I mean, yo. And I say use it well, right? Because that is an example of this light-skinned guy that went to jail, right? And I forgot his name, bro. He's a model now. But because of his mugshot, just his avatar, his face, and the fact that people liked him on Twitter and thought that he was fine, he became a model right after the jail. So just use your avatar to your best advantage, and create the best avatar that you can. Yeah. <laughs> also develop yourself. Character development. Yay. You know, as a person, just value you as a person too. An effective way to make it. Right. So the computer doesn't have emotion, so it doesn't create with a range of creativity. Where if you look at some of the old logos, some of the old designs of doors, yeah. some of the old designs of things, we created things in an extravagant manner, yeah. right? Now things are being created in a very square cubicle computer design reality. Yeah. So even if you go outside, and you look around, sometimes you only see black and white cars, mm -hmm. right? You don't realize that the world is now being generated by computers and we're actually living in a computer domain. Yeah. So when computers started to speed up and make decisions for man, man is no longer in control of his reality, right? And now they're trying to get it to a point where artificial intelligence can have complete control yeah. of reality, right. to where you don't have to make decisions. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've been showing and teaching people was about how to use text to image. They have text to speech, yeah. right? Where you no longer have to be the creator, you no longer have to be the generator, no longer have to be the designer. Now you're just partnering with the AI telling it what to do and it's creating a reality for you. But at the same time, this theory has always been there where people say that we live inside of a matrix, mm -hmm. right? Where it's completely computer generated. Yeah. And there's always some people. I think we live inside of a world, inside of a world, inside of a world, inside of a world, because what the heck? What is this? This don't make no sense. First of all, we have portals. 
we're looking through you're looking through one or you're listening through one right now okay meaning you're listening through a funnel you're able to hear sound that's 10 million whatever miles away from you right now very far away from you and it's just crazy i'm just saying anyways other than that we have tvs phones all these things right what else do we have Oh, yeah. The world inside of a world thing. I was thinking about how we have like the Kim Kardashian game and like we have other games that we jump into. We have the Oculus and now we're just like creating worlds inside of worlds inside of worlds. Like we're already here in the physical in this on this planet. Now we're going to create an artificial um, Oculus, the metaverse and go into that. Now, now in the metaverse, I'm going to create what a shirt for my avatar in that universe. Now, then that that universe character wants to what have a child like it's like the sims like this is real life but is it like i don't know what makes life right we have a symbiotic you, relationship is it emotions is the feeling now, when i say computers i'm talking about what, talking that you have, right. what makes it but iphones are nothing but mini computers that was branded as phones because it's easier to sell a phone mm -hmm. right you sell an average mom and pop a computer they may say i don't need it? one but everybody needs a phone. You're and so when human beings start to get computers, right. it sped up everybody's processing capability and speeds, yeah. right? Now reality is at that point where most people don't understand it. We all have access to all this information and all these different domains that we get for free mm -hmm. because it costs us nothing to learn anymore, but we no longer know how to think, right? right? right. So yeah. now we are the most informed society on the planet Earth mm -hmm. with the least ability to actually think for ourselves, Nobody so, wants right? To so we have to get to a point where we and question reality. Questioning is probably the most powerful tool that any human being can have, yeah. right? See, any domain that wants complete control in any institution does not want a questioning mind around. Mm -hmm. The questioning mind is the child's mind. Yeah. The child's mind is not being properly programmed into indoctrination or where you're told things and you accept it without mm -hmm. question. That's indoctrination or yeah. a little force. So the child is, why do we have to do this? Right. Why do we have to go to church? Why do I have to wear this? Mm -hmm. Why do I have to act like this? Yeah. The adult then becomes programmed to tell the child the reason why. Mm -hmm. Right? But God is. is always in the why. Right? Because like God it. is one understanding and logic like and reason. Like because it. God built everything, like which we want to get into with the golden ratio. <laughs> right. Built everything based on sacred geometry. Right. Right? So he didn't just make things by accident. There's not a, just a plant or an herb out there for accident. Right. Every single thing in reality has a purpose and has a reason. Even when we look at some of the most beautiful designs on the planet Earth that are the most famous ones, they're designed with golden ratios. Yep. They're designed with sacred geometry because they were able to understand that the human beings have certain connections to this mathematics. Right. The highest level of reasoning in reality is understanding that all this mathematics, mm -hmm. right? But I want to get into sacred geometry and get your understanding of the golden ratio. Yeah, definitely. The golden ratio is a beautiful thing. It's actually part where you and I were looking into, uh, if you look at the, the Pantheon, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you go to, Greece and Rome, you look at the construction of these buildings with the ancient pantheon, these, these, uh, these monuments that men built to the gods, yeah. you'll see that they're built with the golden ratio, which is this particular type of a rectangle with certain specific dimensions. And inside of those dimensions, you can create the Fibonacci sequence, which is this swirl. Now, what they found was that why are these structures so beautiful? And why are some, some of the greatest artists in the world painting so beautiful? It's because they were able to find the golden ratio and the Fibonacci and pi and phi inside the paintings. So these people had a wisdom and knowledge of the sacred geometry, which is really the essence of all creation back then. And so now they're looking at it and started analyzing the human body and began to realize like the distance between the top of your nose and the bottom of your lip and the, the, between the two eyes and between your ears and the, the distance from your elbow to the, to the wrist, all it all also exhibits aspects of the golden ratio and the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah. And so in America, life is perfect, in the court legal system, in a way, but not really. We have enough circumstantial I mean, evidence. That's what it is. Somebody that's can go sad. to jail, right? That's kind of sad.
Like, I think Earth may try to make shit that it was perfect. <laughs> like, how the hell you have a golden ratio? Everything, everything. It's mimicked throughout all of life, all of creation. You can find the golden ratio. You can find the Fibonacci sequence and a lot of different things and the, and the measurements of that. But it's weird. Like, that can be so, quote, unquote, perfect. You can find it throughout. the Like, you know what I'm saying? But the actual product, it needs some help. Um, it needs... You're going to have to mix this up a little bit, babe. You're going to have to fix this. Right. You're saying People this is the person the that did it. You can get locked up mm -hmm. if there's enough circumstance. So there's enough circumstantial evidence. Somebody is left behind a Far signature right. on creation. All right? There's a book that I have called uh, Sefer Raya. Mm. It's a very small text, a very ancient text. In this text, uh, it's only been translated into three languages, but it goes all the way back to Aramaic as well. And uh, it has in there a special coding system written into the text. And a researcher and author named Greg Brady, some of you may know him, he was able to, with a group of scientists, decipher the code and match those numbers that were associated with letters to, to the atomic structures on all the uh, different uh, elements that make up the human body. Mm -hmm. And what they found was the same thing as the golden ratio, which is like a signature. They also found etched into every strand of DNA, Yahweh, which is the name of God, etched into every single strand of DNA in the human body, mm. which is pretty interesting. Mm. And so again, we're seeing the signature. It's like, this is my mathematical construct. These are, these are how I build things with my subatomic Legos. And that's going to be the Fibonacci and the, and, and the golden ratio and pi and phi. And then now when I'm done, I'm going to sign my creation. Yeah. And so that spelling of Yahweh was removed from the Torah 6,800 times mm. because they said no one should be able to see it or speak it. And it still has never been added back to the Torah. Mm. Yeah. Now, we know why, because, you know, you're always trying to hide the signature. Exactly. Of you know, it's, 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 you know, even in the Quran, there's a, a code within the Quran called the 19 code. Mm. Right. And so the man who found this code, he was actually assassinated. Mm. Right. There was a lot of people who did not like him for this. Right. Now, this 19 code was basically finding mathematical properties within the Holy Quran, surahs, verses that always added up mm. to the number 19. Mm. And there's a verse in it that says over it are 19. Mm. Right. The 19th surah in the Quran is Maryam, the woman. Okay. Okay. Right. The 19th chapter, 19th verse is the only chapter speaking on the birth of Christ. Mm. So within that, the birth of Christ is more so about crystallizing consciousness, right? right? And having that Christ consciousness. Mm -hmm. Now, that Christ consciousness is, in this Mother Tanetta, Mother Tanetta was one who I studied later on. She was one of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wives. Okay. But what she did is she went to Mexico. She said the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told her to go to Mexico and find the next knowledge, essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. So she would study all multitude of different things, the crystals, the different um, prophecies that existed on that side. Mm. Right. And artificial time sequences. Okay. Right. In the 19 code. But one thing that she said she did, she said she would read the Quran week to week, every single day, page by page. Yeah. And what it allowed her to do was tap into the frequency of God because it had crystallized her thoughts. Well, only thing that she could think was based on the thinking of the Quran. Mm. Right. And I think about that because if you're trying to program yourself to a certain frequency, yep. and that's why I always say what you do frequently becomes your frequency. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That she was able to crystallize in this Christ consciousness and it always existed at this higher level. Mm -hmm. So when you spoke to her, she always spoke in a very powerful tone, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact tone, yeah. as a thinking like a God tone. And she would say that the ultimate principles was getting to the mind of God. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is why I always tell people that distraction is the most dangerous thing on the planet Earth. Right. right? Because your job is to get focused. Right. 
right? The most dangerous man on the planet Earth is a focused man. Absolutely. A man tell you he go do something, but he's distracted. You ain't worried about it. Yeah, you ain't worried about it. Man, man, always moving from point A to him. He ain't really mean that. Yeah. But if you know a man tells you to do something, and you know he's a type of person that says be and it is, mm -hmm. right? The moment he get a thought, yeah. there's another point in time where that thought is a reality right. because he's just going to focus until he brings it into reality. Mm -hmm. That's a dangerous man. Absolutely. So if he has a dangerous plan and he says something, you get worried that moment. Right. But see, you know, Negroes be talking about shit. They go do all the time. <laughs> they don't ever do nothing. You understand me? Yeah. But so, but when we're talking about mathematics, there's also certain personality types that are mathematical. Yeah. INTJ types, ENTJ types. These are the mathematical types that have to be alone, right? Because that's when you can actually hear God by yourself. Right. right? So I'm one of those personality types. In order for me to have original thoughts, I don't need to be in social environments. I need to hear myself, right. right? That's when God is talking to me and I'm on an original rhythm, mm -hmm. not on social rhythm, yeah. right? So people that are on social media, they're on the social rhythm of the world, mm -hmm. right? So when you get by yourself, spend 30 minutes by yourself. Right, especially if you're a mathematical type because you're more introverted. Yeah. Right? Mathematical or introverts are just people who prefer to spend time alone. Mm -hmm. Right? And extroverted are people who spend time with other people. They right. want to be in social environments. Mm -hmm. But I challenge everybody here is to literally see if you can spend 30 minutes to an hour a day by yourself, doing mm -hmm. nothing, sitting still. Yeah. Whether it's a trans, uh, 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 transcendental yeah. meditative state mm -hmm. or you're just by yourself to hear you. But I know for a fact most people don't want to hear their inner thoughts. Yeah. They're afraid of that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So you get into social rhythm so you don't have to hear yourself. Mm -hmm. So you hear everybody else but what you're thinking, so you never deal with that inner voice of God. Right. So right. if you ignore God on a daily basis and you're mad that nothing is happening in your blessing, nothing is happening in your favor, mm -hmm. especially when God gives you an idea and you don't act off of it like it's time sensitive, yeah. you're literally ignoring God for the devil of distractions. Yeah. I agree. One thing that I learned in my whole journey to my knowledge of ascension which is still ongoing, it's a never-ending never process, learning every single day, mm -hmm. is that when I was younger, that voice that I used to hear was coming from out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I had imagined in my mind was this being flying around and you know, had a magic wand and all this stuff, <coughs> was granting wishes to people. That was my own dream, that was my own perception. Yeah. And as I grew up and as I started to gain knowledge more and more and more and began to realize certain things about life and reality and dimensions and creation, right. That voice in my head, that God voice, it started morphing. Mm. I started realizing when I would do my, my meditation walks and my, I would go for these big walks, the voice turned into my own voice. Mm. And I realized that God was actually me talking to myself from a higher dimension. Mm. Talk to him. And so when I heard the voice, I began to say, wow, it's really me. Because we know that we are receiving a signal. There's only one consciousness. Mm -hmm. And all of us are receiving that same one consciousness, but on a slightly different frequency. I'm 99.1, he's 99.2, you're 99.3, so forth and so on. But the radio station is sending out the signal from a higher location. And my avatar body's been designed to encapsulate 99.1. Mm. And so I'm getting information and it morphs and now it's my own voice. And it, does, it doesn't mean I have a, um, a God complex. It means I understand that I am a version, a fractal of God walking in the flesh. Right. That's what it means. That's really all it is. Now, How hard is that to believe? Oh, wow. If, we even if you before, believe in evolution, you are now a fraction of the actual physical matter of this earth. You came from the evolution of said whatever the fuck it was, whatever they said it was, right? You know what I'm saying? So that's an example. But like, yeah, you're just a fraction of the frequency of God. You're the fraction of light. You're a fraction of light. You're a fraction of light. Go through atmospheric conditions that are better right than everybody else, right? But specifically with melanin, melanin is a, is, is a very powerful thing, right? Because we can absorb more radiation mm -hmm. 
than any other beings on the planet Earth. That's the darker right. you are, the more radiation you can absorb, mm -hmm. right? So you have to understand, even when you're looking at your brown skin, you're looking at frequency or radiation trapped within it. This is literally light trapped within your body, right? right? This is why you go outside, you go in the light, and it gets darker. So that means that we also ha uh, happen to exist at a heightened state of frequency because we have more energy, we have more radiation, which means that we become a very emotional people. I wonder, but at the same time, that could probably be the reason why we are a lot of, well, not all, but a lot of black people are entertainers because we're very emotional and we probably receive and perceive emotions and um, energies differently, of course, maybe more intensely because of what he's saying. And utilize that emotion, alchemize it, and bring things out within us. Right. So the goal is, if you take the most powerful people on the planet Earth and you program them, you use their womb, their mind, and their bodies, right, to program your ideas, now you have the most powerful vessel on the planet Earth bringing that into reality. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when we look at America, America mm -hmm. understood this secret, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said in 1995 when he was at that the Bay of Man March and he stood on those steps at the Jeffrey Memorial wow. and he was giving a breakdown of the secret of the number 19 and he was explaining like this is the 13th uh, president representation and 16th president representation and he was talking about the monuments that were 19 feet high. Yeah. And But he was explaining that because he was saying that one and that nine, you know, when they come together represents a secret to be uncovered or yeah. unfolded, right? And so that's that masculine and that feminine and together they represent God. Mm -hmm. Now, the secret of America was always learning how to capture and control God and utilize him. Right. So when you look at America, America's business is the capturing, controlling, and the management and capitalization of God, mm -hmm. which is you and I. Yeah. How do we know this? You and I and our energy. Like, that's simply, that's it. That's all. They're all just cop capitalizing off our time, energy, breath, everything in America. I mean, that's America, but that's also the world. But also not every world. Not every place in the world is, like, super money-hungry. Truthfully. So if you go look at every system in America that's built, the NBA is what? Majority black men, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The music business, majority black men, right? Now they're utilizing black women in political places and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Look Football at the teams, basketball teams, like he said, rappers, artists, film, photography, whatever it is. Our bodies are not, are not, whew, this is deep, not just being sold you know, on the black market with organs and all those things, but just also <clears throat> to the public. People's, like, Rihanna has made music, and I'm we're hot, hot, like, not hounding her. I'm not hounding her. She has a baby. She's living her life. I'm happy for her. She got a little song out, you know what I'm saying, for Black Panther, good for her. But, like, because her, her body and her essence is on display for everyone to see, or Beyonce, whoever, it's, we ask as citizens and even just like civilians, we ask more of them. Like we ask of them as if they're on display for, I don't know, just like, I don't know, as trophies, but like real life robots for us to like, I don't, it's weird, but we do that and it's weird. I don't know about we, I'm not in that. I'm just saying, I've noticed. Business. All of this spirit and energy has never been controlled by us, right. but we have literally invented more than any other people on the planet Earth. Right. But nobody speaks about black people in that capacity, right. right? Nobody says that there's something special about those people, that they have the ability to invent more than anybody. Mm. How does that, why, why is there no scientific study to understand why? Yeah. See, they don't want you to have these thoughts in your head because you start to exalt yourself beyond the foolishness. They don't want you to know that you're a master manifester. Yeah. Right. If, if you... Focus your if you see yourself beyond slavery, slavery is 400 years. That's a speck in time, mm -hmm. right? That's a speck, speck. in time. So they never went over there and captured slaves. They captured inventors, right? Inventors were sold. Right. 
right? Warriors were sold. Right. Engineers were sold. Scientists were sold, mm -hmm. right? Farmers were sold. Agriculturists. So when you look at our ancestors, it's disrespectful to even call them slaves, right? Right? These were great people. Yeah. I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. But see, now, the confidence that comes along with that is the key piece that I want to get to. Mm -hmm. But see, if you walk around, I come from a slave, no confidence. Right. All you're thinking about is getting over that epigenetic trauma mm -hmm. that exists within yourself. But now, if you go back to Hannibal Barker, and he's the father of military genius, yeah. you're going back to Imhotep, uh -huh. right? You're going back to the Dogon people, right? You're going back deep into your history. Now, you're operating from that place of confidence. Right. Right? So, they want you to feel detached. Correct. Right? From your beginnings. Mm -hmm. Right? So now you yeah. start yourself off as slave, you have to build yourself up. Right. But if you start with God, then you have to maintain yourself up. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> That's so true. The but key, can you get, oh, no, go yeah. ahead. I want to hear your thoughts. I was going to say, what you're saying is basically exactly the way my mind works. The best way to separate a race of people from who they truly are and the power that's inside of them is to erase and detach them from their past. Right. People always come to me, man, why you spend so much time on tablets? You always talk about ancient this and ancient that. Are you you, want, you want to go to ancient site? Why? 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 We got problems right now today. Right. Well, guess what? We ain't going to fix none of these damn problems today unless we know what the hell went on back Come then. Come on, man. Come on. I'm telling you. The past is prologue. Until you go into the past, and I try to get to the closest. Now, we know that in everything that's ever written or everything that's ever spoken about by a human being uh, has some, 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 some falsehood in it. Okay, right. We know this. This is a fact. This is a scientific fact. However, the closer you get to the oldest of texts and the oldest of information and speak to the oldest group of people, mm -hmm. the more you get closer to the truth. Mm -hmm. You can never get 100% to the fact, yeah. but you can get as close as possible. So when I look at a 36,000-year-old tablet and get the deciphering of that tablet and get the information out of it, I'm getting as close as I possibly can to the original version of the story. Mm. And that's what's important because that has allowed me to grow. Wait a minute. But if you go backwards, which one are we going for? Wait, wait a minute. I thought scientists are trying to get further to the truth in this present day. We're still trying to figure out black holes and psychology and neuroscience and trying to figure out our truth now. Now he's saying if you go backwards too, you'll find the truth. I mean, that kind of makes sense if you start from the original source. But then what about the, in the next or in the end of that too? It'd all be zero. Like it all have to come to one. Like further, further to the future is more truth for those of the past is truth, I don't know. Consciously, Answer the question or allow me to know the true power in me, to allow me to know how powerful I am, to, how powerful I am, to allow me to know, to know even how high I can even ascend to, mm. beyond even, according to these tablets and texts, the beings that try to encapsulate my avatar body and my spirit in this body, I can ascend even past them. Right. You don't know that until you go into the past. You said something key as well, right? The past is a very powerful place. Like, we can't physically time travel, but we can mentally time travel, right? right? And in that mental time traveling, we can literally go back into our thoughts, right? And we can change the perception on events. And we can change the reality of those events, yeah. changing the feeling that we have attached to them. And this is how we start to erase trauma. There are some of the things that you're thinking about right now. You may hate an ex. Anybody ever hated an ex? I know none of y'all have. I hate you. You know what I'm saying? But let's be honest, the average person feels like they're supposed to. That's a societal norm. Right. It's to dislike and hate your ex. Mm -hmm. Even though both of y'all was in the same place, y'all both attracted Literally. to each other right. at the same time, which simply means y'all was on that same frequency. I got time for Now, that. the reality of it is, if you go back and you study that relationship, and you understand the perception of where they was and where you was, and mm -hmm. you pull out the lessons from it, you can no longer hate them because you understand them. Facts. Mm -hmm. Facts. So then, you're literally time traveling, mm -hmm. right? right? You're going in, back in time. In, in, in present daytime, all the, all the girls that be out here creating scenarios, going back in time, looking through the memories, doing the flashbacks, yo, 
that's facts. You literally go in, but don't do that too often. I ain't gonna hold you. Don't do that. Don't ponder too far back too often because now you envisioning that and trying to make it come back. No, but like, yeah, you go on, you basically time travel in your brain, like in your, in your, you know, you know, some people can't see in their, in their mind. Like they can't see visuals in their mind, which is weird, which is, isn't it weird, but eh, it's weird. This is what I've learned to do within my mind. Right, mm -hmm. that anytime I go through a sequence of events that I may consider negative or positive, mm -hmm. I go back to make sure I have the highest level of perception on it. Yeah. So that allows me to go in those childhood experiences that I have and make sure that I rearrange the perception on mm -hmm. it. I talked about it the last time. Oh my God, no, he's about to talk about it. But somebody recently just told me you can go back into no, I think it was Kelly. Um, shout out Kelly. She had said that you can go, or at least from therapy or something, she has somebody had said or told her that you can go back into your memories and recreate the memory talk to your little self and like tell your little self like go into your room and like don't see certain things whatever it is like you can recreate i don't know but that was just a thought like i heard about that recently and shout out kelly for telling me that because i have not worked on that yet but it kind of made me feel like okay well then nothing matters <laughs> like i don't even have to think about it because it's just it definitely it, it happened it was a memory but i don't have to ponder on it i don't have to make it real anymore because it's it's gone i'm here now you know how to forgive yourself yeah. which is the key so i don't hold on to things that i don't need mm -hmm. but now i learned to go back and forgive myself not just the person that was in it yeah. for every situation right. i've been through right and this is a mental training discipline that you can do because most people have mother and daddy problems mm -hmm. right they have issues growing up in a household yeah. so i want to make sure that we have these little brain tools that we can utilize because nobody ever gave us a mind manual right, right nobody said that you know this is you go look at chapter 19 and this is the way that the brain works mm -hmm. right so most people are not ascended masters of themselves right right so, so everybody here in our different differentiated stages some people are at the stages where they're just an initiation the problem with the world today is we're stuck in an initiation phase. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's getting beginner knowledge, mm -hmm. right? And nobody wants to go to higher heights. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, they say, you're going too deep, yeah. right? right? Oh, no, you're losing the people, yeah. right? These people are stupid. They don't want to hear all that high level. That's what they say. Yeah. That's what they say. But we know people like high level conversations. Yes, we do. Right? <laughs> we do enjoy the high level conversations. You know, I, I really want people to pay attention to you. Know, watch your kings, your queens. Give us the five stars. I'm head out. Ghetto, yeah. like we're underneath the gutter, and I'm reading this text where things are supposed to be, things ain't adding up. Mm. And so I start asking myself questions. I said, well, what if this and what if that? And then I would start looking up information. So I became a researcher at a very young age. Mm. And that led me on a journey of, a, of the beginning of my awakening, right? Mm. And so I started finding things that didn't correlate with one another and then writing down what didn't match or what didn't make sense to me, and then seeking out how can I find better answers. I try to talk to a couple of friends. I'm only in elementary school at this time, by the way. <laughs> this is like 1978, 1979. Yeah. And my friends are like, what are you talking about? You know, so mm -hmm. I realized this is something I have to go on my own. I, started, I tried to talk to my siblings, but even my brother, who was only one year younger than me, he wasn't at the level yet. He, I, I even saw them. I was the oldest, and I, so I even saw him you know, as a baby. So all my siblings, I took care of them. I raised them. I cooked for them. I did everything I had to do. And so it was a long, lonely journey. But as I continue to work and work and study and research, I didn't give up just because it was lonely. Having all this stuff coming into my brain and not being able to really expound on it with anyone. But I saw it go from me where I got really inspired from hiding and talking to one guy that I knew in the bushes uh, behind his house until where we were exchanging VHS tapes. Of oh, he was behind the bushes. Yeah, there was some. Well, I grew up in Miami, so back then there was a lot of uh, a, a lot of empty. No, not, not a burning bush. <laughs> there was a lot of empty lots. I guess I was the burn. I was the burn in the bush because I was the one dropping the, the knowledge. Uh, you know, like Moses received on Sinai, but 
But I was there, and, and uh, eventually we started exchanging VHS tapes with information on it, and a few people more got involved. Some people know what VHS tapes are. I know, I know. <laughs> they stopped making VHS tapes because the electromagnetic field of the Earth was erasing the tape footage, and they had to move to a different medium, which became DVDs and CDs. But we moved from that to cassette to, to CDs to DVDs, and I've seen this progress, this, this track going up over time as more people and more people and more people started vibing with me. This yeah. is long before Forbidden Knowledge was even on social media, yeah. wasn't even close to existing yet. Yeah. But I had now created these groups of people that I was schooling and interacting with them. So it was this gradual upswing. Now, then it went to blogs and websites. Now it's web forums. Now I'm on mainstream TV and high-level conversations. So it's a path. The highest level. The highest level. So at one, at one point, you're going to feel like you want to get out because family members don't believe it. Family members are pissed off. You're the black sheep of the family. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. Stay on your path. Stay working on yourself. Keep researching, keep digging, keep studying, yep. keep meditating. Yep. Because I'm yep. telling you, in the end, yep. be different. you're going to be become the same. a better person. Be and different. what you're going to do is you're going to begin to see people who aren't vibing on the same frequency. You're not going to see them as adversaries anymore. Mm -hmm. You're going to see them as understanding that these people may have just arrived in this dimension. They can, a person could be 60 years old and be a brand newborn baby in this realm. And a person can be 15 years old and be ancient. This is an understanding you have to come to. No, I believe that 100%, right? You know, people always tell me I got an old spirit. Of course, that's not the way I think, right? Um, I've never experienced old age, not in the way that the common people think about it. My old ages are the ages that I'm already past, mm -hmm. right? My old age is one years old, exactly. two years old, three years old, five years old, 10 years old. Those are old ages to me. I've already experienced what that's like. The new age is, of course, when I'm going to 40, if I'm going to 50, if I'm going to 60, my brain has different developmental changes. I start to feel, see, perceive the world in a completely different reality. Mm -hmm. So the one thing that they got us to start believing is that we're dying from the moment that we are conceived. Right. You understand me? As soon as you get in life, they start to call you old, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, as human beings, understanding cycles of reality is more important. I don't, I'm not going through particular, you know, uh, I'm 30 years old or 50 years old. I'm just going through different cycles. Mm -hmm. For me, I go through different levels of ascension, yeah. right? I've been through the stage where I questioned all reality. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's important, especially in your more formidable years where you're young and you're deciding who you are, right, and the things that you believe. So for me, I went through this stage where I questioned everything, right? So I'm studying every single book. I'm looking at all different parts of knowledge so that I can understand and correlate what are the things that everybody disagree with and what are the things that everybody agree with, yeah. right? Now, fundamentally, I believe that each book is just telling us the same. And it's giving us an operation manual on how to the deal with it like God. Now, shout out to my mom. I was talking to her behind. In uh, the dressing room. People that are like out there that are seriously sitting there that confused at the world are sitting like me, 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 this confused at the world that I sat just like him to do research about different people's freaking religions because I'm just, you know, I was just, I'm intrigued. I want to know what makes y'all tick. I want to know what makes me tick. I want to know everything. I want to know everything. But now I realize I can't, you know what I mean? It's not going to possibly be real. For that to happen, I'm never going to know everything. Even when I leave this physical reality, I won't know everything. But uh, I can try. movie that I watched. This movie was about this guy who was essentially, um, he had an office. Before people come to Earth, they're souls. Now, they exist in this domain where they don't feel anything, right? But everybody wants to apply to become the Earth. Yeah. So he's sitting at his desk, and these souls come to him. They get to watch TV, and he asks them questions. On TV, it's through the eyes of people that experience reality in life, okay. right? I don't so mean to say it in an arrogant way. I meant to say, it like, I want to seek knowledge. I want to learn more. I want to be more inclusive. And not inclusive, but just I love culture. So, like, yeah, that's what I meant. Not in an arrogant way. Not I want to know everything, no. I just want to learn more. What seems like very mundane or very uninteresting questions, but he's trying to get a sense of this type of soul and if they can handle Earth or not. Mm. 
Now, this particular gatekeeper, right, he experienced recently sending somebody to Earth that ended up committing suicide. Mm. So now he's more careful about the souls that he sent to Earth. So they're around this table and they're asking this question about, you know, what is some experience that you've seen on, uh, as you've been watching other people's experiences? Yeah. They, they ask people to name funny things and stuff like that. So people naming off these crazy random experiences. It's this black guy and his white girl that are the candidates to go to Earth. Mm -hmm. Black girl, she named this crazy experience with somebody on the toilet and everybody's laughing. Then a white guy, he starts to talk about, you know, something that was terrible that he's seen, that somebody was killing somebody and some murder. And she was like, wow, why did you pick that experience? Yeah. That's, that's not common. That don't happen all the time. You just pick something that just happened randomly. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, that happens all the time on yeah. Earth. Right. This actually happens every single day. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's getting killed, somebody's getting stabbed, somebody's yeah. getting murdered, somebody's getting raped. Like, you know, it's crazy down there, right? <laughs> so you say, why aren't you focusing on those things? Yeah. The lovely things you can get through, the crazy things is what you got to watch out for. Mm -hmm. So after that, they showed a scene, and the guy decided to deny her application to mm -hmm. be alive. Right? And of course, the white guy, he was able to go on yeah. because he was prepared for life. Right. right. But the concept to me that I took away from it was the fact that we all choose to be here knowing the experience of reality. Mm -hmm. Right? And yeah. the greatest thing about that is that even when we go through ups and downs, even when we go through bads, all of those emotions that we feel is life. Yeah. Right? Everything that we feel in reality is the experience mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. Right? Whether you are in a sad mm -hmm. mode, whether you're happy, whether you're joyful, whether. Um, yeah. So is it the feelings that make life real? The emotions? I was thinking about how you should like start dancing if you if you're like feeling sad. Just dance, make put some music on. Put some good music on. If you if you don't need to dance, listen to some soulful music. Whatever need whatever you need to purge whatever that that crying energy out. You know what I mean? Like that sorrow, whatever it is that's bottled up. Do that. Drink some tea. Do some comfort stuff. You know what I mean? So do something that helps you alleviate that emotion or move it like i think you're not supposed to you can flow through it that's a thing but then you can also like move it like okay like oh, now i'm gonna i'm gonna like to move it move it madagascar um like move it out of you dance it out of you dance the energy out of you dance the anger out of you whatever it is whether you're broke whether you're rich whether you're poor all of this is life to be grateful for and so when you choose an experience right, to be alive, you're giving an opportunity that the other souls didn't have, yeah. right? And so there's a quality of being appreciative and viewing life from this position that I chose to be here. Yeah. And so every emotion that I have is the most grateful experience of I reality. So that's why I say gratefulness is a tactic but to the world life. So there's always somebody in the lesser position. There's always somebody in the worse. The good in with the bad. Yeah. But we tend to focus on only on the people in the better. But when you're grateful, you remember when you didn't have what you have. Right. You remember when you didn't know what oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I chose to be, you know, fly, charismatic, communicator, you know what I'm saying, with influence, you know what I'm saying, high-level consciousness and high-level conversation. So I'm appreciative of the reality that I'm living in. I'm loving it. You understand me? I'm loving it. And I chose That's to life. be alive at this time. <laughs> Absolutely. We definitely you know chose to be here. There's no doubt. That's how I think about it. I chose to be alive at this time. Yeah. With the crazy presidents and all those things, you could have uh -huh. chose any other time in history, you chose to be alive during this time. That's the way I choose to think about life yeah. so that I can realize that ain't nothing happening to me. I made this choice to be here. Right. Somebody showed me every bad and good moment of life, and I still said, I want to go experience still that. Still said, give, me, give it to me. I believe that wholeheartedly. That's I realized what you just I said. I realized I this when I was uh, seven I years old. I can't believe I did that. Seven I saw old, everything, I and I said, I want to come back here. I was extremely poor. Uh, holes in my shoes. I used to put cardboard in my shoes to keep my feet from touching the street. <laughs> Two pairs of pants. Over. You know, uh, <laughs> it was just really bad. Hard living. Uh, we had no food. We, we, we would put Cairo syrup, which is that clear syrup, on toast. I would eat matzah crackers and butter because they would donate, the church would donate matzah uh, to us, and cases of matzahs. 
liquid, uh, you know, powdered milk and all this crazy stuff. So I saw my friends going to the ice cream truck every single day. Every day they're going to the ice cream truck. And they live in the same neighborhood I'm living in, and we're just as poor. They must, I'm thinking, how poor can we be that we can't even get a bubble gum from mm. the ice cream truck? And so I went in the house, and I took, I said, I got to do something about this. I went and took all of my toys. I put them in a, in a Winn-Dixie grocery store milk crate, and I went door to door. Ma'am, sir, any donation for any of my toys, a, t a penny, a dollar, a nickel, whatever you can spare. I'm just trying to make money from the ice cream truck. And I took a picture, a famous picture of me, which my uh, cousin took with me holding the money I, I made that day. It was only about maybe $17, $18. But the fact was, I knew I sacrificed something that I didn't need anymore, and I created an energy exchange for something so that I could get what I wanted. And I knew something powerful was there. Hustle. What I learned was there was nobody coming to save me. I was going to save myself. I understood the power of conscious thought backed by action. I understood that I was the creator of my own, get back what you're saying, the creator of my own reality. Right. That I altered my reality. I realized at that moment that I traveled in time. That what I did literally was I set my consciousness into the future to make a decision and view an outcome before it even happened. Mm -hmm. my, what does that mean? I said, if I take the toys, now I'm traveling in time. Now my mind is traveling in time. I take the toys. Even, I don't know if it's common sense, but that's how I manifest. Like, I already have a vision board. I want to do a video about it. I'm going to talk about it again. I've done a video about it on my, uh, my main channel, Tati's World, if you guys want to check it out. But you really just have to, okay, what's your goal? You want, you envision yourself doing, looking like this on this stage, doing da 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 da. Okay, now you figure that out. Now, what's the steps to get there? Simple. Like, that's all it is. If I go door to door, if I sell these toys, like, I'm going to have money. That money is going to give me the ability to get what I want from this truck. And when that happened and it all worked out exactly as I thought it was going to happen, I realized I'm mm -hmm. never going to lack in my life keep ever again sometimes. because it's up to me. You keep going. Gotta keep going. Gotta keep pushing. You know, I always say 80% mindset, 20% skill set. I need you to pay my car payment. I need you to take care of my, my kids' tuition for college. Yeah. And then you see, and then when it doesn't happen, it's because, uh, well, that was the Lord's will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was the Lord's will. That like, prayer without action is is ridiculous. You can't just you can't just sit there, oh, yeah, God, like, what's good? Like, I deserve this for what? Like, what do you deserve? What did you do? What are your what are your good acts on my earth for me to give you this? Like, you can't just sit there non-deserving of it. You know what I mean? Like, no. Do good works. Do good deeds. Get good action. Get You know, it's just reciprocated energy. Everything talks about this karma, law of attraction, manifestation. All of this is just reciprocated energy. Give out good energy, you get good energy. Like, that didn't happen. Yeah. Not doing it. Instead of taking ownership. Instead of taking ownership and realizing that you've already been given the divine power, it's in your body. You've been given a divine consciousness that can link and sync up with any mind throughout the entire Catholic universe you to download anything and plug, make any connection that you need to plug in, play where you need it to be to make the thing that you need to happen manifest. And understand and know my prayer, how I pray, is it is done. That's my prayer. I say. My prayer is completion before is completion. So, I say, like, just when I get on an airplane, pray. I don't beg and pray and hope that the plane makes it to its destination. I say, I command that I land at my destination. I close Amen. my eyes and I envision the plane route to where it's supposed to drop me off. But That's I my prayer. It's I'm so not praying over my food. No Please, question. the hands have made it, and I want it to be healthy for my body. Ham hogs, ham hogs and, 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 and macaroni and cheese ain't good for your body. You can pray over it all you want. Yeah. You're still going to get diabetes and heart attacks. Okay? We have to start using logic when we're dealing with the God body and the understanding of what God really is. We have to start acting like we are operating as a God. And you got to say to yourself, well, if I was God and I am, now what would I really do? And start making decisions based off of logical mm. choices instead of things like praying over candy bars and all kind of crazy stuff. <laughs>
that's fire because one of my one of my key practices is you know reverse engineering wins, right? Mm. So I talk about this all the time. When I, and I got this from when I was a child. We used to have to do drill competitions, mm. right? So it was a military drill style: left face, right face, marfa. So instead of Simon Says, right, we did Muhammad Says. Okay. So whatever Muhammad Says, you have to do it. Now we had win bean pies, we had win twenty dollars. But I used to think about it, right? Before I went in there, I would not visualize uh, uh, um, doing perfect in a drill competition. I would visualize eating the pie, mm. right? Oh. I would visualize the $20. Mm-hmm. I would visualize everybody clapping and patting me on the shoulder right. saying that the I was good. The outcome of it. So now my brain is not distracted, yeah. right, with an action that I already know how to do. Mm-hmm. It is only focused focus. with getting to that yep. end goal, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So I do that now, this day. Yeah. I visualize at the end of this high-level conversation, people with these beautiful testimonials. Yeah. Oh man, it was magnificent. It changed my life. 19 Keys was just glowing. Right. You understand me? I visualize <laughs> that. Somebody gonna say that. You understand me? <laughs> when, when we came up with the idea of doing the high-level conversation, we only had two weeks to do it. I think maybe two, three weeks. I'm yeah. just like, bro, he told me the date that he had. Yeah. You know, we, and we talked to the talent agency. I was like, well, we gotta do it on this date. This is the only time he booked out for the next 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we gotta do it. That's but I didn't say, you know, I got to have the best marketing and best branding. I started to visualize, right? The only goal that I had, it was one goal that I had, and it was to put up the post sold out. That's it. Boom. That was it. Yeah. So everything else that I was doing was leading me to that post. Right. I, right? I could have made I ain't going to hold you. I still question my abilities, bro. It's imposter syndrome. I don't know what it is. I still question it. Sometimes I'm, I'm getting off of that. I'm learning that I'm actually capable, you know, of all the things that I want in life. But dang, the self-doubt sometimes it creeps up on you. But when you lose it and you just follow through and you're like, oh, wait, I'm not even the one driving that much. Like I'm just in the passenger seat. I asked already what I wanted. OK, now all I got to do is just do the actions and wait for the wait for it to grow. Literally, like sow your seeds. And your harvest will come. Like, it's fine. Like, you're good. Like, just be faithful. You can't just keep you a garden. You got to, you know what I mean? You know, put it in your garden. Let it, let it, you know, be in the, the soil. Treat it nice. Treat it well. You know, foster a relationship with it. And it'll be fine. You'll be fine. That post beforehand, I would just wait. Mm-hmm. Yo, what's the numbers update? Yeah. Right? And I didn't even do oh, it based on maximization. I was so confident. I love the numbers. How many people we need to pack? They right. said 860. I said, it's done. Done. Right? I can't wait to put out this post that says sold out. Then right. I said, I'm not even going to ask all my peers. I'm not going to ask everybody to post it. Right. I'm going to just show this is the power where we at now. That's the power. Right? So anything that you do, don't just visualize the point. I, I teach this to my students. If you're going for a bullseye, right? If, if you, you want to do bullseye, and this is the whole idea of always going for more than you need, mm-hmm. right? If you want to hit that dartboard, you don't go for the edge of the board, right? Right, because you most likely go put a hole in the wall, yeah. right? But here's the key: if you're going for a hundred thousand and you make your goal a million, mm-hmm. you're going to act in a surplus and abundance. Yes. So even if you lose by ninety percent, you still let your goal. Exactly. So with that, with the dartboard target, if I make my goal is just to hit the board, but if I make it. The bullseye, not just the bullseye. I want to be like right there and smack right in, the in the middle. Right in the so middle. So even if I'm like a little off on the green side mm-hmm. of the red or yeah. a little out, I still have a high percentage rate where it's right. pretty good. Mm-hmm. But a lot of you all, this is like making your goal, your exact target. is. Aimed- this is like me when I'm in the gym and I'm envisioning, envisioning my dream body. You know, and I always, and I say it on Twitter or I put it somewhere publicly so that I know that everybody else knows that I know that I'm trying to, you know, be accountable and... You know, just stick to the goal. And yes, I have to put it out. It's like putting out the vision board or putting it out and about. It means that I have to do what I set out to do. 
that I it's not that I can't embarrass myself or anything. Fuck that shit. It's not like that. It's just that I know that I have to be proud of it. It's gonna come to fruition. I might as well be proud of it now. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Dang, I forgot what I was talking about before, but that's just that's just a word. For the edge of the board, right? Right. So now you're not hitting it. Mm-hmm. No, you have to go for perfection. Right. So even if you're not perfect, you're still landing mm-hmm. on your goal. And I gotta say something about this, man. That's probably higher expectations. Wow. A little so bit. my first goal, okay. my first big financial goal. Was to make a million dollars, so okay. I wrote myself a Told check. I wrote myself a check for a million dollars. Yeah, I got three million dollars. Let's do that. I sold a dot com company that I had in 2004. I try to tell people I had money long before. Mm-hmm. Come on, talk media. to him, Billy, man. Before the social media. Billy mm-hmm. Ben had Billy's, man. I didn't get no money from selling T-shirts. Billy okay? Ben, I just want to, Billy <laughs> Ben get money. That's what he's telling y'all. I've been getting money for a long time. For a long, long okay, time. Okay, he got ancient money. Okay, and so. And it's not bragging, I'm just letting people know, like, no, it's okay. it's a this is the reality of it, <laughs> you know? Mm. So How much are you the worth? next time I had hit your I, over, I went worth? And it's not even like, let's put ourselves on a dollar, you know what I mean? But how much is your will capable of if you had to put a dollar amount on it? I know we don't, I don't want to do that. This is just the reality we live in. I don't want to say that that's the reason, like, that means you're a better person. Doesn't mean you're a better person. I'm just asking you how how sharp is your sword? How sharp are you as a gem, a crystal, walking and element on this planet, like, to elevate your world and evolve yourself? Like, if you were Pikachu or you were Pokemon, how do you get to the next level? Or have you? Or if you were Aang and you wanted to be the Avatar, you know what I mean? Like... Are you complacent? Are you sitting there just not doing anything about your goals or, or you want to accomplish anything? I don't know. Just That's just a thought. Food for thought. That's that goal, obviously. Yeah. Right? I sold a dot-com company that I formed in 1998 and 2004 for $3 million. There's actually some other money that came behind that, but the main bulk of it was that. The next goal that I had set was a $20 million. I wrote myself a $20 million check. Mm. All right? I gave myself a deadline on the check. The checks, I write dates on my checks. And uh, I ended up hitting that goal. I got the $20 million. Hold up, hold up. Took me 10 years, but I got the 20 million. I think it was in 2017. Then I wrote myself a check for, I was gonna write myself a check, write myself a check for $1 billion. And then I said. Can, can you read that out real quick? Just this, that right there. Yeah. Let me buy, let me buy something. <laughs> 19 million. <laughs> I wanna see if it worked, you know what I'm saying? I had to try it out. So let me tell you how, but how, how doubt creeps in. So I was gonna write the check for a billion. And then I said, no, no. So then I started writing it for like 200 million. Yeah. I said, maybe be more realistic with myself. Okay. And then I stopped myself. And I said, no, 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 no. Mm. What am I doing? I ripped that thing up, man, into a thousand pieces, got another check out, and wrote it out for $1 billion. Mm. I gave myself an expiration date of October of 2026 mm. that I must cash this check for $1 billion. And right now, my company is on track to hit that goal for bidding knowledge. You have to be confident. You put the conscious thought. You travel to the future with that conscious thought. Mm-hmm. You collapse be all confident. the multiple possibilities into one reality, and then you work backwards from there, and you put mm-hmm. all the actionable steps in to reach mm-hmm. that goal. Makes sense. That's that Billy Carson. <laughs> Billy Carson. It's different now. You know what I'm saying? That's that Billy Carson. You got to put the big B on the Billy now, man. It's just different. Yeah. I just realized I'm the type of person that I'm helping a lot of people, just yeah. like you're helping people. 
and I help people in a big, in a big way, in yes, big, sir. big numbers. Yeah. If you look at, look me up and do the research, I mean, I've given away over $12 million in assistance to people in the last 15 Clap years. For that. Thank you. And so, to whom much is given, much is required, I believe in that wholeheartedly. Yes, sir. I believe in that statement. And I give back a lot. I think last year we spent, we gave away, we, we paid $16,000 worth of electric bills for single parents with final notice electric bills. We do a lot of stuff. Yes, sir. But so I can't do that if I'm in a robe and slippers on a prepaid track phone. Nah. Trying to make memes. Yeah. That's not gonna, it's not gonna help anybody. I wanna be a bigger, the biggest blessing I can be to humanity, and for that to happen, I have to manifest, a, manifest abundance and a legacy, and I have to believe that manifesting that legacy is gonna give me the capability of helping other people as well. Manifesting your legacy. Are you contributing to society? Or are you contributing to your household? I think recently we just saw, um, I haven't watched the full video yet. I might do a whole reaction to it maybe. It's um, like, I think Beyonce's mom sat down. Kelly Rowland was there. No, yep, Kelly Rowland was there. Uh, Michelle Obama was there. There was another woman there as well in the seat. Revolt TV. It was like a, it was, a, I don't know, they're doing like a talk show just talking about life. I don't really remember the exact title of the video, but I'll check it out and look it up and share it on the community page in the YouTube channel, um, Worldviews Podcast, if you haven't checked it out yet, and Tati's World, if you haven't checked that one out either. But do you sacrifice your, your sanity in your household for the betterment of society? An example would be Michelle Obama's situation with, with, President Obama, um, him being president, and she's saying that for those 10 years, she didn't enjoy their marriage, but she sacrificed or she held on to that time with him, you know, went through it with him, stuck through it with him, and the outcome is that he supposedly, you know, made an impact just as being a Black man or the first black president, you know, being that as the first impact in our society, thinking about, you know, black people and our status in this America, as we call it, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know if you sacrifice at all. Like Kanye doesn't sacrifice his family to him near. He didn't say he sacrificed his mom. That's just, that's just what he said. Okay. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying nothing about it. It's just, that's what he had said. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you do? Do you sacrifice? I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot that goes into becoming kind of these kind of people. It's not, it's not sugar canes and rainbows. It never was, never is. Well, you know, that reminds me earlier, you know, Black Magic, yeah. right? And um, I did a show with him and I remember back in the day and I was giving a breakdown about, you know, my ideas around money consciousness. Yeah. And one of them was, right? You know, a lot of people, they tap into different chakras but most people don't tap into their money chakras, mm -hmm. right? And that's your ability to be able to produce and magnify, you know, money in abundance, right? right. Money is just energy. So it's a certain type of energy signature that you increase it into reality. Mm -hmm. But I remember talking about the power of being selfish, right? And see, this is where I think it's super key because first you have to go through a phase where you're focusing on just yourself, mm -hmm. right? Self-ish, right? Right. Now you say you're all about yourself, but it's right. my self-ish phase. You have to. I have to focus on producing with a laser focus, the things that are in my head. Mm -hmm. Nothing can get in my way. Yeah. Anybody that is around me has to help me, mm -hmm. right? Or they have to get away from me. True. So I go through those phases of being selfish, mm -hmm. 
right? The same way if you see a woman that's pregnant, she can be selfish. Yeah. It's all about her mm. because she has something that she's bringing to turn, right? Right. So if anybody gets in the way of that, oh, no, you want this pregnant woman to work for you all day long, mm. right, to think about you, then the person will say you being selfish. Right. Exactly. Right. But that power of it, right, is that self-reinforcing system to where all of the energy that you have is looping back into you and mm -hmm. is magnifying your ability to yeah. produce things outward. Yeah. Right. So after you go through that selfish phase and you build yourself up with abundance, now you can be selfless. Right. Right. Because now you have to give away. Exactly. But there's a lot of people who are stuck in this loop. A lot of times because of religion, mm -hmm. society pressures. It's saying when you get you get ten, you got to give away a dollar. Right. Right. You got to give away two. No. If I'm broke, I'm not giving away nothing. No. You can't do it. I need all of it. You need it. But when I get to, oh, now I got hundred thousand in the bank. You need ten dollars. Come on, bro. Right. You need more than that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I can give away now. Right. Therefore, the, the the most selfish people, right, are the poorest people. Right. Right. See, there's certain others that understand that they, you, you have so much gifts that you have to give in a magnitude. I can't just teach one person. That's selfish of me. Yeah. Right? If I was to be a teacher in a high school and I'm just teaching a class, people go say that's honorable, but I'm broke making somewhere around $30,000, $40,000 a year. Yeah. No, you're not doing that. No, 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 no. I want to be able to teach millions of people. Right. So when I told my brother Mechi, who do all the videography, right, he do all the editing, yeah. we had an office out in Hayward, California, and this was probably around maybe like five, six years ago. Mm -hmm when I was forming the idea process around 19 keys. Okay. Because when I form something, I look at it as a psychic entity, mm. right? Most people think that I'm 19 keys. I'm not. I represent it. Right. So that's why I say everybody is a key, mm -hmm. right? But I just happen to be 19 keys because that 19 is a representation of truth and enlightenment, and that's the way that I choose to represent how right. I open the minds. But the reality was I said, bro, and, and we sitting at the desk, and we just in common conversation, I'm saying, but I'm so deep in my belief system of this, I said that I'm going to create this entity, 19 Keys, I'm going to represent it. It will be known all around the world for enlightening people across the globe. Nice. Now, we sitting across at the desk, he's just like, all right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Not that he didn't yeah. not believe me. Right, right. You understand me? But, you know, it's hard to fathom. You sitting in there, you at the same desk with me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you understand me? Yeah. But I went out there, and I had a goal of projection. Yeah. Right? How do I project? And this is the key when you're speaking, right? Mm -hmm. When you're speaking, if you want to be a great speaker, you have to first have a thought in your head, right? Let's say in my mind, I just visualize a shape. The shape that I visualize is a red circle, right, with no inner circle, right? So it's a red circle that's hollow. What I just did is I took a thought that was in my head and I put it in your head. Mm -hmm. That thought has a particular thought pattern in my head. Yep. So when you're talking to people, you're communicating, and you're putting thoughts in the head by building it up piece by piece until they walk away with the same exact ideas and thought patterns that you have. Mm -hmm. That's an effective communicator and a great speaker. Yeah. So anytime you're speaking to people, you first have to have the intentionality of what is it that I want to design, convey, and put inside the mind. Right. We all have a series of consciousness just like water. Water changes, proton arrangements, it goes into a different shape. Right. We have the ability just we, like what water happened to earlier today? You was in the live earlier, the and I was like, no, actually, I wasn't in the live earlier. I was thinking about snooze. I was actually listening to snooze freaking... You know what I'm talking about. Says his album. And I was crying. And I was like, what the fuck? I thought I was I was just two seconds ago chilling, fine, relaxing. I put snooze on. Gone Girl is another one that makes me just sob when it comes on. But like I was saying, like, we we really basically water. Maybe it's just like the song itself is like messing up the frequency in my body. It's not messing it up, but I'm sensitive. So it's like I can just feel the energy and then. I'd be crying, but it really be do it do be resonating, like it be hitting, like wow, it'd be sad. It'd be well, sad, but it's a good song. It's a good song. But I wanted to talk about something that I believe that is key. Because I know one of the things that most people have as an issue, right, is communication, number one. 
but specifically being understood. Yeah. Average person don't want to get in front of a camera, don't even want to talk to nobody, don't want to confront nobody, because even though human beings have to verbally communicate to each other, we're not the best at doing it. Right. So we get into fights, we get into altercations, we have to break up with people, right? We don't have emotional resilience, intelligence, and experience mm -hmm. to be able to deal with that. So what I've learned recently, and I'm on a, a trip to travel and teach everybody about this, is nonviolent non communication. Right. Nonviolent communication is when, you know, um, I, I grew up in a nation of Islam, right, under a military guide where, you know, I grew up with very masculine men and women. Uh, not masculine women, but feminine women, but yeah. masculine men. Now I grew up with a lot of masculine women. Um, but when I was younger, though, I was always around soldiers. Mm. And soldiers speak from a war mind. Yeah. So we're going to be defensive or it's going to be offensive. Yeah. Right, because we always in defense or offense. Right. Those are the two from the soldier standpoint. Yeah. So I may tell you something, but the way that I say it may defend you, right. or, or may offend you and put you in a defensive position. Right. So I learned now it's like I don't ever want to be misunderstood, but that's the point of me communicating. Mm -hmm. So now when I learned to speak, there the example was is that you have to you know first observe, mm -hmm. you have to identify the problem, mm -hmm. right, point it out, and then identify the solution that comes along with right. it. So if a son is uh, a mother is dealing with her son and she say, you know, the room is dirty, you got trash everywhere. You understand me? Now somebody may come in there and be like, yo, why you ain't cleaned this shit up yet? Yeah. I know some of y'all that heard that. You understand <laughs> me? Instead, they'd be like, listen, this whole room is dirty, you know, um, there's trash everywhere, right? You observing the problem, you identifying what the issue is. Mm -hmm. Then you say, okay, now you want to present a solution. You know, uh, one thing you can do is if you start cleaning on this side of the room, you work your way over to this side, the room will be clean, right? Because I won't be angry at you. Yeah. I won't be mad. You identify your emotions that go along with it. Mm -hmm. And then you have to give an order, mm -hmm. right? That order, so you're taking people through this range of understanding. Right. Here's the problem. These are the emotions that I feel, mm -hmm. right? Here's the solution, and yeah. this is the order in order to get it done. Right. Now if a person defies that, you can get violent. I <laughs> know. <laughs> but we have to learn, especially as a people, yeah. to communicate with each other. Right, because we can't take critique, we can't yeah. create criticism, but yeah. we can critique and criticize everybody else. Right, right. Right, and so learning this puts us in a better position to be aligned, especially when we're dealing with our tribe. Yeah. You can be in a relationship that took you years to build up, and it can be destroyed from one conversation. Yep, absolutely. Right, so mastering communication is also the master of ability to master frequency and waves. Yeah. Right, because that's all we're saying. You program with the same language, so you understand it. Right. But a person that masters themselves, they actually master everything around them. Right. So you are forced to feel what I feel, because yeah. that is the intent projected in the vibration, in my vocal tone, in my voice. Right. Right. Now, you are very. It's something I've been wanting to ask you about, and I talked about it to you on the phone. When you speak, you speak from one frequency. I've never noticed a fluctuation in your frequency when you speak. And it's from a place of high confidence, right? Yeah. It's never a place of questioning. That's a different frequency. Yeah. It's not even a place of philosophy. It's a place of fact, yeah. right? It's always exuding, I'm not questioning this. This is what I know. Now this is what you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. How did you particularly, or number one, are you cognitive of your particular state when you yeah. speak? And how did you develop to get yourself to that point? To be honest with you, that's a good question. Nobody's ever asked me this question. That's because I'm 19 keys. That's 19 keys. Let's ask you this question. <laughs> it's going to be a weird answer. Uh-oh. <clears throat> Somebody in the bush again. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> it's me in the bush. <laughs> so I project myself outside of myself, and I talk to myself when I'm speaking. Mm. That's what I do. That's the honest God. That's the honest God truth. You ask me the question, nobody's ever asked me this question. So what I do is I literally, when I'm standing up speaking, I've been in lectures, and I've, done, I've probably done over a thousand lectures and workshops. I send myself out, and I watch myself talk, and I observe myself as I'm a person in the uh, actual audience listening to myself talk, 
and then I'm teaching myself. And so I have the confidence, I have the strength, I have the power, because I know this version of me knows exactly what's going on, what to say, mm. and, and what the answers are. And then as myself on the other end, the reason why I do that is because now I'm, I'm, I'm understanding how I'm perceiving as a person who may have a lower level of knowledge. Mm. And so I'm breaking it down from this position. It's kind of complicated in a way that, the, that myself can understand it if I didn't know as much. Mm. And which is why I've been able to communicate with so many vast arrays of topics and so many people because I can take complex ideas and concepts and break it down and make it simple and understandable for the average person. But I do it to myself. I love it, V. So it's funny because the next thing I wanted to talk about was astral projection yeah. versus dreams, right? Now, I can understand that a thousand percent because I believe that's the same thing as projecting yourself into the future. You're yeah. putting yourself into a state to where you're living your future life in this moment and then you're working up to experience that point. Right. Now, what you was giving down is a very dope breakdown. There's a curse of knowledge where the teacher has the inability to put themselves in the student's mind. Right. So they only teach from their perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's always above people or people who already understand you. Yeah. But you design, because I, I look at design thinking. So the way that you're designing, the way that you communicate is with empathy, mm -hmm. right? So empathy allows you to project yourself into the minds of others to feel what they may feel, yeah. right? So instead of saying, hey, I'm smarter than you and I'm going to say everything smart, no, I understand you, so I want to speak from your level to bring it up to my level, right? right? So if you practice that, and I, I want you all to really understand that key was very powerful. Practicing that right now, like mm -hmm. if I'm practicing that now, right now and I'm looking at somebody at the top and they're like, man, I didn't understand none of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> But it's breaking down of looking yourself in the third person, let's right. say you are controlling your avatar. Correct. So you're listening to your voice fluctuation, because everything about ourselves we can design, mm -hmm. right? And design creates interaction. Yeah. So people interact with us based on our design. If you look at a doorknob and it says turn left, you have to interact with that design, right? So if my stomach in, chest out, head up, right, it automatically projects confidence, mm -hmm. right? So now you're going to be more confident within me because of the way I design myself, Yeah. right? Now. If you're sitting in this audience, right, and I'm utilizing my hands, I want to project myself. I, mm -hmm. want, I want you to understand that everything that you see, right, is a projection of consciousness and design, yeah. right? Me and Billy Carson are both human beings who learn how to design ourselves in a capacity so that we can complete the goals that we want. Right. I understood when I was projecting to live the reality of 19 Keys, the person that came up with the thought was not qualified to be 19 Keys. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the knowledge that he has. He didn't have the money that he has. He didn't have the wisdom. He didn't have the learning ethics. He didn't have the ability to do it. So I understood, and this comes to a, another thought. I'm watching this movie about um, dimensions. I forget what it's called, mm. right? But it's about the multiverse. Okay. Um, it's with the Asian lady. I forget her name. Everything, everywhere. Everything, everything, everything. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. I've been re-watching it recently. It's a really good right, movie. But then it finally gets to the point. Yeah. Now, the reality of it was is that you had this ability that there's multi-dimension. So every thought that you have splinters off into a different thought, mm -hmm. right? And that's a different person actually living that conscious reality. Yeah. So in one reality, you may be a school teacher. Another reality, you may be a Nobel Prize winner. Another reality, you may be a president. And there's infinite realities that you can imagine yourself as, yeah. right? Now what they did is she had the ability through these machines and stuff that they invented was to download the consciousness of one of her alternate realities to utilize their skill sets in present time. Right. But the idea of where I get, you know, you have to be nothing to be everything. Mm -hmm. Because you have to be an empty vessel to fill yourself with that which you need to right. become that which you want. So what I do is I think about 
right, that version of myself, mm -hmm. right, that alternate version of myself that has everything that I want, and I project that into myself and I download that thought process. There's a version of 19 Keys who is the greatest speaker in the world. Mm. So now I'm thinking, now how does this brother sound? How does this person talk? Right. If I want to be a bodybuilder, there's a version of 19 Keys, man. He buff his brown creed. Yeah. You understand me? <laughs> he always working out, always got the protein shakes. He walks a certain way, talks a certain way, oiling himself up, always on social media taking pictures. <laughs> this is this person. Actors do this a lot of times, right? Yeah. So you can really think about a different version of yourself, not mm. the current person you are. And I used to do this through transcendental states of meditation yeah. because I used to always what is the future version of myself? So I used to go into my mind, and I get to this place where my mind is quiet, and then I would project another version there, and they sit. I also yeah. wanted to talk about how actors do that. I watched a roundtable like a while, 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 long, long time ago, um, maybe in the summertime, and there were just actors talking about how they like tap into different energies when they, you know, display different characters, and I wonder how they might. Uh, like maybe suppress that character after that like after the performance like where did it come from where did you get all that energy from like where did you get I don't know the energy to cry on camera like you know what I'm saying like on the on command type energy so it's like I don't know basically I wonder how they're able to carpetmentalize carpet their personalities in order to act like, how do they know which one is truly their personality? You know, if that makes sense. Number one, but specifically being understood. Yeah. Average person don't want to get in front of a rap with that design, right? So I'm like, you, I'll just be sitting at home doing all of this meditative, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Yoda stuff, thought yeah. experiments. Yeah. I really wanted to become more than what I was. So I used to ask myself questions. How did you get to look so good? How did you have so much money? How did you yeah. pull her? Right. You understand me? How you know so much, <laughs> right? Why are you so yeah. goddamn fly and drippy all the time? <laughs> and then I would imagine the conversations that I would have. So what yeah. it would do is it forced my brain to reconstruct, right? right? Not from the brain that I have now, because now I'm only projecting based on what I know. Now I'm putting myself in the body of someone who knows more. Mm -hmm. So it's stretching my brain and forcing it to think in different ways. Right. So these are the thoughts experiments that I used to run on myself and I do till this day. Yeah. So that's my way of going into the future. Mm -hmm. And I always say the only person that I'm jealous of is my future self. Yeah. <laughs> he got everything I want. I ain't gonna lie. Man. She does, she does have everything I want. We're living it up right now. I ain't, God damn, boy. Boy, good, though. I ain't gonna lie. You know what I'm saying? I'm proud of him, but I want it. You feel me? So, but I, I want to know the difference between and dreams know. and astral projection, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, there are certain messages that I've gotten in dream mm -hmm. that I remember, yeah. right, forever. Because, you mm -hmm. know, the messenger and the quality of... Do of, you guys of, remember of, all your dreams or maybe some dreams from childhood? Because I remember right. a lot of dreams from childhood. There are certain dreams that I have when I wake up, I'm angry because of the dream that I had. Right. I can have a dream about somebody and I'm mad at them because of what they did in the dream. <laughs> right. I'm like, that was some sucker shit you did, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> That I had to remind them, nah, that's the, that's the energy from the dream. That ain't even them, yeah. right? But dreams are real, dreams right? Are real. Dreams are real. So your dream state, you know, we live, you know, in our dream 30% of our lives, however mm -hmm. much, depending on how much sleep you get, right? Yeah. Some people don't dream. Some people don't dream in color. Yeah. Some people never lucid dream. Right. How many people ever, ever lucid dream? Peace family, 19 Keys tapping in, and this episode is brought to you by Goldwater. Now, sleep is probably the one most important thing that a human being It's up and it's stuck. Right, right. But when I was younger, I used to astro project. Okay. I'm talking about as a child, yeah. right? It's easier than actually. I'm, because, you, you know, in a child, you don't have all these barriers to what reality is and what it's not. Exactly. You exist in a dream state at all yeah. times. Yeah. 
So as a child, the reason I knew it was astral projection because I used to go to places that I'd never been before and I used to do it on purpose. So I'm in the hood, right? So I had to travel very far to go to a nice place, right? So I didn't want to just go to the corner store. I went, I'm going all the way to the museums. I'm going all the way up to different places. And I'm, I'm looking at it vividly, like outside of reality. And I'm traveling. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. Right? But I didn't know if everybody experienced this, so I wasn't having these conversations. Right, right. Right? Yeah. But, and, and here's the thing. Y'all probably think I'm crazy for this one. I want to pull some money out of my drink. Yeah. <laughs> no, y'all think I'm playing. I'm dead serious. Yeah. You understand me? I pulled the money. I was holding on it so tight in my drink. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up with it in my hand. <laughs> I swear, listen, to this day, to this day, I believe that 100%. And I've been trying to do that every since. <laughs> so I want to know, yeah. what's the difference between dreaming and astral? I feel like I must have mixed the two at that time and pulled something out in the right, physical right. world. Well, you know, both realms are real. The dream state, this state is actually more of an illusion to me than the dream state. Mm. And if you can get into the theta and you can get into, those, into a deep sleep and you can get into the dream state, a lot of that to me is different types of information coming from different dimensions. Yeah. So scientists did an experiment on the human brain of a person in a deep sleep. And they found that the, neuro, the, the, um, the neurons which are firing in between the, uh, let's call synopsis, the synopsis that were firing in between the neurons, I'm sorry, were phasing in and out of existence. Yeah. And they were like, the scientists were like, where the hell are these synopsis? Where are they going? They're here, and then all of a sudden, they're not here. So they brought in some theoretical physicists, and they realized on based on hypothesis and other mathematical calculations that, that they were going to other dimensions and ain't coming back. But coming back maybe with more information from other realms, the multiverse. Kind of like the movie you just talked about. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. And then, so some people have those kind of dreams where they can't control what's going on. Lucid dreaming is my specialty. That's what I specifically yeah. love to do. That gold water gets you that water. Yeah, yeah, it gets you. I love to be able to control my dream. And I typically, when I'm going to say that I'm going to have a night full of dreams, I, go in, I figure out what I'm going to want to manifest into my life. Yeah. And then I go in, guiding myself in, and then I go into a dream as if that, whatever I'm trying to manifest, already exists. So if it's a house, I'm already in that house. If it's a relationship, I'm already in that relationship. Whatever it is, if it's playing a, no, a new oh, instrument, wow. I'm already playing an instrument in front of, a, con, in front of, in front of a, a group of people like I'm in a concert. And so those are the kind of lucid dreams I like. Now, astral projection gets a little bit different because what's happening now is you're separating the bar from the car. Mm. Okay? You know, you have the mer, ka, ba, mm -hmm. and you're separating the ka from the ba, you're separating the spirit from the body. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is you're getting into a state of mind where you divide or separate co pure consciousness from the physical avatar body. Mm. And now, it's, it, it's easier to do when you're young. You mm. brought that up. It's, so, it's much easier when a kid, when a child does it, because they don't have the barriers, they don't have the programming, they don't have limitations from people telling them, man, that's silly, and that's dumb and all the programming coming from TV and their teachers and the schooling and all the other institutions that exist didn't, didn't happen fully yet, so they have the capability a lot easier than it would be uh, an adult. I had an experience doing that when I was a kid in Opelika. We would go to this dry cleaning, or this, uh, we call it a wash house. Now they call it dry cleaners. But that, back then, you go there to wash your clothes. There's no AC. There's no windows. It's, you know, 100 degrees on the pavement, and I was so hot, and I sat down on the pavement. You don't have to be sleeping to do an astral projection. I sat down on the pavement, and without knowing anything about this, I did an astral projection. What I did was I sent myself to Alaska. I said, it's so hot here. Mm. I want to just try something. Right. I yeah, sent myself to, to, Alaska, to Alaska. To Alaska. And listen to me. I was there. Mm. I, when I came out of this thing, when I popped back in my body, and it's like a little pop, I, my skin was cold to the touch. Mm. And I knew I had touched on something really amazing. Now, I hadn't did it. I didn't do it for a long time after that. But the next time I was able to, to do it, I was actually a grown man by then. Mm. That particular time, I'm not going to lie to you, I felt like I had a problem getting back in my body. Mm. And finally found my way back, and then I never tried it again. 
because, uh, I, you know, right now I kind of like my body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't See, ready to float around forever. That, that used to happen. <laughs> I used to get, it was like, you know, when you have sleep paralysis where yeah. you wake up before your body does. Yeah. And I believe that used to happen when I used to astral project. You understand yeah. me? My consciousness was there, but my body wasn't ready yet. Right. You understand? I used to hate that, right? Yeah. Wake up and you still can't move, yeah. right? Because you're in those in-between in between. states and you're waiting for your consciousness or your soul, or whatever, to completely get back into your avatar. <laughs> yeah. Then you can take control, right? Right. I know they go, you know, scientific reasons and all that, but that's what I like to believe. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now, before we leave out of here, man, it was, it's two things. I want you to talk about the crystals inside the mind, mm -hmm. and then if y'all don't mind, I want to end it out with a visualization meditation. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So inside of the human brain, we have billions of magnetite crystals. Now, I did a whole show on crystals because crystals are actually Color sentient light. living beings. Sacred geometry. Because they can replicate everything that a human being can do. Everything from growing, to replicating, to thinking, to communicating. And we know this through standard science. They can create their own energy. If you have a, anybody here who has an actual, uh, a big lighter, when you flick that thing on the big, that's not a little spark coming out of like some flint. That's a crystal in there. Mm. Crystals are what is inside of lighters. When you put pressure on a crystal, it creates a spark. The energy comes out of the crystal. Crystals were using what? Crystal radio sets. Mm. The first radios were based on crystals. Mm. And so we know that crystals have the capability of sending and receiving And the only way you're able to freaking listen so now, to this. You have billions of living crystals inside of your brain. Or on a laptop, now, whatever it is, it's through crystals. Now, we've been kind of disconnected like, from don't mean the, 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 uh, the emotion mean and understanding of the crystals there and feeling them pick I'm up sorry, first magnetic fields, feeling what they're it. supposed to receive psychically, and also being able to, uh, to move things with our mind. That's what those crystals are there for. In ancient times, before Homo sapiens sapiens, our cousins were already here. They had the capability of doing that. Mm. Now, you look at animals with magnetite crystals in their brains. Birds flock south for the winter, go back north, they migrate, right? Animals across the serrated plains of Africa can navigate, go anywhere. If there's a tsunami coming in to a, to a, to a shore, the wild animals, they know long before the tsunami even arrives, get the heck out of here, right? They know long before it happens, but the people and the, and the pets, <laughs> they stay there and drown. They, they videotape it on, on, a, yeah. on an iPhone. They watch the water come right on top of them, right? But why is that? The magnetite crystals. Now, what's also interesting about these crystals is they actually help to encapsulate your, your spirit in the avatar body, but with two other mechanisms. The other mechanism is your neural correlates of consciousness, which are three giant nerves that wrap around the inside of the skull that look like a crown of thorns. Now, you all know the story of Yeshua in the Bible who had to put on the crown of thorns. To me, it's an archetype of what really is going on inside of our minds. We all are walking around with a crown of thorns that's responsible for- Oh my gosh, is that, what, is that what Kendrick was trying to show us? But also 33 vertebrae died on his 33rd birthday. Um, that's just another example of how we are also an imitation of, of Christ in the Bible, or not an imitation, uh, just like a reflection of that. In the Bible as well. For us to receive higher levels of consciousness. Mm. See, Jesus never said he was coming back. He said the Christ will return. Mm. Come on, talk to him then, Billy. <laughs> and then you have your neocortex, neo from the matrix, 
all right? Those three things together, along with the magnetite crystals, the magnetite crystals, the cordless of consciousness, the neocortex, all help to encapsulate temporally, in time, temporally, your spirit uh, consciousness that's, that's animating the avatar body. Mm. That's how you animate this body. When you were talking about the sleep paralysis, those things are in operation, but they weren't fully, you weren't fully back in because those things hadn't reactivated inside right. the avatar yet. So that was blocking you from getting back in. Mm -hmm. Once they reactivated or initiated themselves again, you were able to get back in and reanimate the avatar body. Without those three things, you can't animate an avatar body. Mm. That's what's allowing you to pick this thing up and move it all around. It's because of that. And so it's a problem. Where do you go when you sleep and when you wake up? I'd be surprised sometimes. I'm like, wow, I'm not here again. Oh, it feels crazy. Like I was actually sleeping, you know. Sometimes I'm like, wow, you know. Sometimes. Sometimes. Thing because when you like you're really in this body and you're really moving around, it's, it's a little sometimes like surprising. It's a little bit. You understand the inside of your brain, they took a person and put him inside of a building and put this gigantic bar magnet and yeah. moved it around the room, connected his EEG to a computer, his brain to a computer via EEG, and they saw that the brain was still detecting the magnetic field, even though the, 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 the person couldn't tell right. there was a magnetic field. So we have been through time and through industry and computer technology and everything else we've done to ourselves. We've been disconnected from our true nature. Mm. But those crystals are still functioning. We're not even aware of it. That's Some people are more aware. We say they have psychic powers. Yeah. We say they have, you know, all High these abilities. Intuition in right. Class. That's coming from the magnetite crystals in your brain. Mm. Give it up for Billy Carson. Shout out 19 Keys. Shout out Billy Carson. I will see you guys in the next live stream, the next Worldviews podcast. I really do appreciate y'all for being here. Thank you. Shout out to the one person that was always here for the math for whatever long time he was here for. Shout out you. Uh, thank you and I hope you, you know, enjoy the vibe. We're gonna be on here probably next week when I'm out in Florida again, visiting my family and just back in, you know, a warmer state. So hopefully I'll be, I don't know. Just relieved from working with school and stuff like that. I have a couple more finals to finish up, but I'm going to get back to doing that work right now. And, yeah, I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out. Blast off. Have a great day. Hope your Sunday is great. I may or may not come back on here with Kamikaze. We shall see. Um, yeah. Peace out.